So yeah. we're, we're rolling? So we're all would that, good. Would that be a timer you just said? Or? I got a little timer here. It tells oh, me beautiful. how long we talk for, right? right so remember the old know? days when you did it first? I had a little piece of paper every 15 minutes or whatever, and I was like, fuck that shit. Yeah. Uh, let's go <laughs> digital. <laughs> technology. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'll beep at 90 minutes, but that's about it. Okay. All right. All right, boys. How's it going? <laughs> Excellent. It's going Great. well. How about Welcome yourself? I'm good. Yeah. I'm excited. I, I love these roundtables, man. This is the third one, and I like to, I want to do a little shout-out that the Sparkies haven't done one yet because uh -huh. they're the ones that have been breaking my balls about trying to get one done, and I'm like, well, you guys have to bring certain things to the table, right? So yep. that's just about it, and uh, since the plumbers already came on board, and then we did deck builders, and now we're doing ICF, which I'm excited about. Super exciting. I don't know everything about ICF. I know how to spell it, and that's about it, right? But I don't know the physical work of it. I got to come by your job site, George, one time and just, like, check it out and work on it and, and come by yours as well, Adrian. Everybody's, right? Yeah. And just check it out. But it's nice that Ryan's here, right? Because we say that now. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, because what we wanted – the way I wanted to design this show, right? We'll introduce you guys eventually. But the thing is, the way I wanted to design the show is that we want to talk about ICF, right? So insulated concrete forming, right? That's what we want to talk about. But – we still want to talk about traditional forming. Of course. Excellent. It's really important to talk about both of them, right? But we want to have, and I'm sure Ryan's bringing your A game, right? About the, the, the pros and cons. The pros and cons. And, and to be honest with you, I'm not totally one-sided. I see a lot of advantages to ICF. It's just... Well, that would be a good tradesperson if you're not just one-sided. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But you'd be surprised at how many guys in the industry are They're just like, so old school. Blind, this is yeah, it. Blinders yes. are on. It's like, I don't care. There's no way styrofoam's going to do the job. It's like, oh. But you it, don't try, you yeah, don't know. Tile guys were saying that for how long when the Schluter started coming in and all of a sudden doing trays and then there was always mud dogs. It was you always could, dry pack. It yeah, was always totally. this. You could take it to any trade. And like the evolution of construction. Foam, right? foam is a future. Yeah, uh, so yeah. I'm going to say. So, all right, let me get you guys to introduce yourself. To the left of me, I've got Adrian. He's back. You were yes. just here recently. Yes, I was. Uh, <laughs> Adrian, owner of CRC Contract. That's it? Nothing yeah. else? No other shout outs? What's, no, what's the social media handle? Uh, C.R.C. Underscore, underscore Contracting. Contracting. Okay. And then you're an ICF installer, builder, yeah. and a GC. Yes. Jack of all trades, everything like that. And you've seen the shit. I good, the good, the bad, the, the ugly. His last show that he was yeah. here, he was just bone to pick to attack. There's a lot of uh, how do we want to describe them? I guess shitty people. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, Uneducated. the, the economy's allowed it to happen, right? Yeah. So yep. much work out there, you can just pretty much fall out of bed, go to Home Depot, buy a hammer. You're a contractor. Yeah, right. You can you make up a name, order some gear. You don't even get it. But bed. is that happening for ICF industry? <clears throat> oh yes. fuck yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah! Especially the ICF industry. I think there's a scary yeah. part. Is is I, I a <clears throat> traditional guy here, but it's marketed as almost a do-it-yourself so, product. No, that's the problem. That they've marketed as a homeowner can do it. Nick. That's oh, not yeah. right. Oh, yeah. yeah. That look on your face, it's... it's I've hard. always it's argued wanted. that this industry is professional. We're all career-oriented and that you need special skills to do the work that has to be Which done. Which you do. Which well, you do, and, 110%. And, and you do. I mean, we get, we'll get the occasional call where someone will be like, hey, you know, I'm doing my own foundation, da 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 I'm wondering if you guys could pour it. It's like, what? <laughs> we, what? So we're Twice a week. Yeah. We're, <laughs> you, so, you get those phone calls too? Twice a week. Yeah. So they, they, they installed it. And they want you to pour it and right. take the responsibility so, and, of a and, blowout. And of yeah. course, yeah. They, they, have no, they have no idea truly how to do it right or where the potential for blowouts are and all that kind of fun stuff or even what a buckout is. So it, it ends up in a situation where they, they don't know how to brace anything properly and they just think it's, it's going to be fine. But what they don't realize, of course, is when that pump starts 
pumping and the concrete starts flowing, everything starts moving. And then it's too late, right? But they, they're, sadly, the industry allows you to sort of take a course for a couple of days to become, it's not certified. It's, I, I don't even know what you would call it. It's like licensed to buy. It's, it's like an introduction to ICF and this is how it goes together. And you get a little card saying you took the course, but it's not, you're not really certified or anything. That's it. Never hey, actually done a little it. card doesn't mean yeah. anything. Everybody's so, got a driver's license. What are your license. thoughts, Adrian? So Basically, that's, that's what that card is, Sorry? is a competency <laughs> fucking thing, and it's absolutely fucking useless. There we go. The red <laughs> light's on. There the red go. light's on. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> All right, so, George, hang on. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Introduce yourself, please. I know yes, you, but a lot of, of listeners might not know you, right? So, so. George Rodriguez, I'm the, uh, the CEO of DGR Concrete Farm. You're the R of DGR, no? I am the R of DGR. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying. And then we got Adam across the table there? Yeah, yeah, Adam DeCare. Uh, I own Isomatrix Building Products, uh, just an ICF uh, distributor. Uh, yeah. Not so just. Well, yeah, okay, not just. I don't like any tradesperson <laughs> telling me just ahead of their title because yeah. I don't think just gives it justice. That's yeah, just me. True. Call me crazy. Yeah. But it's not. We are not just tradespeople or anybody, right? Yep. So, I mean, maybe the Sparkies. We'll just leave it. <laughs> <laughs> they know I joke with them. All right, so Adam, and now we got Ryan on we the end Ryan. There. I'm uh, one of the owners at DGR. Okay. And uh, I kind of oversee all the production. So I get a little taste of ICF and traditional, but we do a little bit more traditional than we do ICF, so... Yeah. yeah, I was just going to say, you guys are all looking good with the tans because you guys are definitely concrete guys. <laughs> Outside, six days a week. Yeah, seven, yeah. really. <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest, it, almost everybody who's in the trades try to put them behind a desk. It's the worst thing ever. Yeah. yeah. But most they don't of, belong there. Yeah, and even, and You don't even, cage an animal. And even the folks who, like myself as an example, who's you know at, kind of at the top helping to run DGR, I have a lot of stuff that I have to do that involves me being behind a desk or not being out. And it makes me crazy because all I really want to do is swing a hammer. Like I but that be work there. needs to be done, George. Correct. And that's, that's the challenge, right? So everybody really who's in a trade likes working with their hands. They do not want to be pushing paper or doing any of that. They it's, really it, want to be doing the work. It's funny. Today I had a, we were having a conversation, Adrian. We were talking about how I'm not boning to pick on the inspectors, right? But I, I definitely like you do a test, you read a book, and you become a building inspector. And I don't think that's fair i think that there should be yeah. a, a lot more experience attached to that well you have to know somebody there to get a job as a building inspector right <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other world but i wanted to get back to your point about the diy right it's like they when there's a blowout when there's something that happens because when you guys are pouring it's a symphony when everything's going right because you planned it all right yep. and it's a it's a mess if one little thing goes wrong and homeowners won't know how to react to a well, blowout and, and to mess, anything. Mess is an understatement in our game because it's concrete. The clock's ticking. It comes from the time it's batched at the plant to the time it comes out of the truck. It's gonna, it's, it's actively going off. It's a chemical yeah. reaction. People think concrete dries, it doesn't. It's a chemical reaction. So it's going off. So if something goes sideways or you're delayed or you don't know what you're doing, it goes from, oh, this is kind of shitty to, Oh, this is just fully detonated. It's over. Call the bolt. You know, call an excavator. We now have to remove everything and start yep. over. There's no, there's no room to, to fuck up. Basically, like you, you got to get it right. And I think any good seasoned tradesperson in this trade, you've had those bad moments, right? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And you, and you've learned hard. Oh yeah. On those yeah. moments, right? And anybody who says they hasn't, uh, they're lying. Yeah. 
they're told they're not, flat or they're not no, experienced enough, yeah, right? Well, yeah, you yeah. you got to learn somewhere. But right? you learn at those moments, yeah. right? And yeah. then you avoid having those moments again because you are going to have more moments. Oh, totally. I mean, we, we've got a whole pile. We're very fortunate. We have a whole pile of sort of older seasoned gentlemen who have been around for quite some time. What's the oldest guy on your crew? I don't know. What can I be close 65. 65. Yeah. yeah. What's the youngest? Who's the, who's the youngest? 20. 20? Yeah. yeah. In concrete. Yeah. Where'd yeah. you find him? At the zoo? No. <laughs> They're hard no. to come by. But very hard to come by. And with when the right 20 attitude. years old. Yeah. And, and we, and we Comes really, from a bloodline of doing concrete, though. Yeah. Like, that tends to be the thing. Like, we seek out, we, we would love to hire as many sort of younger folks as we could, and younger kids, whatever, to train them up. The problem is, you know, it's a, it's a real tough trade. It's a very hard, tough trade. Pays really well, but just a lot of people aren't cut out for it. I think it's lost the glamour. There's not enough glamour to it, right? It's like, hey, you can sign up to do the well, hardest work. I don't, I don't think it's lost. Well, see, I got rose-colored glasses. Like, if I'm walking by a construction site and it's concrete or framing yeah. or, or anything. even roofing, any Absolutely. of those, I'm stopping. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking. Yeah. Who's the youngest trade you've worked with, Adrian, you've seen come on the, on your job sites? I had one guy. Uh, he was 20. 20 years old, huh? Yeah. Was he hungry? Was he like, Oh, fucking kid was starving. Yeah? Yeah. And he wanted it. He wanted it. Because that's not the norm, right? Like no. It can't be the so norm. So this is a question. Is he still with you? Actually, no, because I was just doing ICF, and yeah. he wanted to uh, expand and do other things. And uh, we've actually been talking back and forth over the last six months, and he's wanting to come back. And and I that to my point, it's just like uh, a lot of these younger, hungry people learn. They learn quick. They learn good. And then they see an opportunity to maybe start their own business or, you know, in a scenario, if you don't have enough room to move up, you'll go somewhere where you can move up because that hunger. That yeah, hunger that's a big problem. Yeah, right? Like you guys all see this, right? Like it's yeah. just, they haven't learned all the lessons yet. They're not yeah. ready to go on that first field trip into the world. No, no. And, and a lot of them that, uh, and look, if someone's got some entrepreneurial spirit and they want to do their own thing, how about it, man? Good idea. I mean, this is um, we're probably tipping into this a little too soon. We're probably talk about this later. But no, that's just starting fine. a business and stuff. Up, yeah. But, but the reality is, for a lot of these guys, they have to realize it's like stop thinking about how quickly you're gonna get your own pickup truck and be running yeah. a crew. Like you have to, you have to work pretty hard and know what the hell is going on before you can even think about doing that. And and some of them go out on their own, in my opinion, too soon. I think I would say most. Yeah. Go on their own they too go out soon. too soon. They should be they should be trying to work with the company they're with sort of for as long as makes sense to gain all the skills they possibly can. Let the person you're working for know that you would like to in the next two or three years be able to have your own business and you'd like to learn. Yeah. And most guys that are in the trades would be like, dude, I'll teach you. Yeah. Hands down. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Everybody in the trades learn typically from some old guy or somebody or their dad or their uncle, right? So when you've got a kid who wants to learn, you want to teach them. But a lot of these guys, a little too, they want everything too quickly, I find. I, I think that this younger generation, and that, it's not just your trade, I think it's every trade. They're working with dog years. Yeah. So they think one year in construction is seven years of experience in construction. It, it, it's a good point. And it's not. Yeah. Because if you guys remember when you first got started, how many lows and highs and problem solving, and it, it wasn't months, it was years, right? Yeah. So it's like, hot, but then they've got, it's a different culture these days, right? I, I feel now. the best way, like you look at it, running machinery, right? Yeah. I got 2,000 hours in the seat. I got 
20,000 hours, whatever it may be, it's almost a lot easier to like gauge. Run it back to me. When we got our crane, I had no experience on a crane. We got a crane. It's like, I feel at this point, six, seven years later, it's like, okay, I'm a pretty decent operator. <laughs> then I look at the hour meter and it's like, actually, <laughs> maybe I think I'm a good operator. But yeah, still just stay on high alert because still got a lot to learn, right? You need a convenience store mirror in that cab of the, the excavator. Yeah, yeah. So you can look at yourself going, I'm not ready yet. Yeah, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but you need that time. You need to see time. You yes. need to make mistakes. You need yeah. to, you know, you need to have that happen. Some of these... Kids, unfortunately, regardless of the trade. And again, somebody wants to be an entrepreneur, have at it. But I feel like just kind of hang for a bit and learn as much as you can because they dive in head first. It's true. And inevitably what ends up happening is three, four years down the road, um, you know, the government is after them because mm -hmm. they haven't, they, they have no concept business. of what it takes to actually run the business. Yes. And next thing you know, Revenue Canada, you know, workers' compensation, like everybody is after them for like, hey, you owe us yep. a lot of money. So speaking, I know every trade's a little different, but what's, you know, for a younger kid, how many years, and again, every trade's different, every company's different, but us sitting around here, what do we think is kind of, before you start being seasoned, how many years are you working in that trade? Bare minimum five. I think I, I yeah, could agree with that. Bare minimum, Bare minimum if five. If you're a fast learner. You're working yeah. for either a really good one employer that you've had for five yeah. years, yeah. Um, or you either went to two or three good employers for maybe a year and a half to two years each. Yeah. And I think you get a nice cross-reference of different people. And I Absolutely. think it's actually beneficial if you went to different as long as they're Absolutely. good and they keep yeah. on propelling you forward, yeah. then I think it's a good idea. But I think five is a magic number yeah. that would, yeah. it would give you enough rings in your trunk. You know what I'm saying? That you would get a, a really yeah. good gauge of the industry yeah. and you would learn a lot of problems. Yeah. 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 No, it's very true. I, I agree with that. So then back to the homeowner who decides they're going to do their own foundation. Like, what is that crap about? Is that marketing on, on, on sales side? Is like brands? Is that what it is? It's, like, I think it's, it's just so the easy. Old your child could do this. Yeah, it's the old ICF way like yep. they used to teach like that's what they used to to market it oh, as yeah. back in the day like lego blocks like it's like they literally yeah. use that example yeah. and and here's the here's the killer this is the problem right I, i've spoken to piles of people about this that are kind of in the industry and um like selling the stuff doing the training it's like guys like you need to the reason why you've got a bad reputation and you get people with the knee-jerk reaction oh ICF is crap, ICF is this, ICF just blows out, blah, blah, blah. And I just kind of stand there and go, well, actually, no. But what they're doing is all they're doing is parroting something that they heard. And all of that really got started because of all the people who were completely unprepared to yep. dive down that rabbit hole, yep. who did, and shit blew up, and it all went to, you know, hell in a handbag. And what happens? Oh, it's the block's fault. It's, it's the product. It's the pro it's yeah. like, no, you have no clue what you're doing. You don't have appropriate training or experience, and this is why this went south. 1% so of the time, the it's, it's the material's fault. 1%, if yeah. that. Point I don't, zero, I don't zero, even, zero, even think it's you that. I was going to say, yeah. it's not even that. Yeah. It's not yeah. even that, no. right? Yeah. We yeah. just It's just construction. we got to blame somebody. Well, you, you <laughs> and got, who would possibly <laughs> take the blame <laughs> for yeah. something going wrong? You have to know how to work with the stuff. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got guys, and uh, Adrian here will probably speak to this for sure and, and understand what I'm saying about this one. You've got guys that, for example, are quoting, whether it be a traditional foundation, an ICF foundation, and often, of course, you've got guys that it's all about the money. It's all about, I got to get my price down. Is that, is that, I, sorry to interrupt. Is that also going back to they're making it sound easy and it's also the money that you're going to make? that kind of mentality you can charge more or you can make more is oh, that really? an argument there 
don't know that I've actually no. heard that being no. sort of said out loud by anybody. No. But oh, you're going to make a fortune doing this. I don't no. think I've ever heard anybody say it, to be honest. But I think what a lot of it boils down to is you 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 have people charging down this path who don't have the experience. The the, the, the industry the manufacturers really, I think, have done truly a piss poor job of educating people. And every installer out there will probably not in their head up and down right now going, oh, yeah, man, just savage what I was originally told. And maybe now I've survived six, seven, eight years in. But, man, at the beginning, there's no way in hell I should have ever been putting up a foundation for someone. And it turned out shit, and thank God I didn't lose everything I have in the process. That's the thing. When you screw it up, it's concrete. It's a bit difficult to remove and expensive. It's a big Most guys thing. just run for the hills. And the client who hired them because they were the cheapest, and it was their first job, and they just wanted to do one, those are the guys that instead of putting the bracing the correct width apart based on what they're doing, which half the time they don't know because they don't have the experience or, you know, anything required to kind of hold the whole thing together they're not 100% sure about, they don't have the experience. And that's how problems happen, right? Mm-hmm. That's how stuff blows up. Okay, so I know that we've been going all over the place. We're going to talk about a lot of things here. Yeah. But I guess the first question, and Ryan, you can answer this question too, or you could actually do the flip side of it. Why do you guys love ICF? Because it grew over the pandemic years, yeah. right? For obvious reasons of what was going on in the, the just society in general and lumber prices going through the roof and everything like that. Yeah. But I'd like to know from all you guys, why do you guys love ICF? And then Ryan. I, I, to be honest with you, like from a traditional, like I love ICF specifically for the energy efficient, like all the benefits to, to building a house and, and, and how easy it is to make it efficient. Love it. I thought like going into it, into this venture and stuff, it's like, well, it's these light blocks. Well, an impact driver, they're like, this is easy. Sitting over there, Ryan, but, sitting in that seat over there at the beginning, I'm like, hey, Ryan, you know, we should, we should consider getting into ICF. Look on his face of utter horror, right? Because, <laughs> because him, like a lot of people, had this in their head that there's no way, especially if you work with traditional, the forces are unbelievable. Right, like it's just completely to savage. see a when, traditional blowout. When you see a traditional one it's happening, like, and then yeah. and you're a traditional guy and try to wrap your head around suddenly doing that with plastic foam? and styrofoam. Did you guys, Adrian? Right? Did you guys have the same mindset as well? Like before you even got into the ICF, did you have the same mindset? No, yeah. you were you were convinced on the data that was presented. I was I was too young and stupid to realize what was going on at the time. Like I was 14 when I started wow. ICF. Wow, really? Yeah. That's great. Lots of experience here, folks. And then Adam? So, uh, yeah, I did. Like, uh, you, came, you came from the industry as a tradesperson. Right. Yeah, right? yeah, I had my yeah. own, yeah, my own construction company doing ICF and concrete work. Um, but I had done it since high school, like, going through high school. So was, was it a no-brainer, like, when you guys first, I mean, I'm sure with DGR, you guys were probably trying to understand it, whether or not, should we, is this where the industry is going to go? But you guys looked at it and said, this is where we're going. So I, I had already done it way back in high school, right? Like I had one of my first concrete jobs was actually on an ICF job. So that was the first time I saw it. Then I did foreman so and you stuff used, with it. Oh, so you did ICF before you did traditional yeah. foreman. Yeah. Yeah, the, cat, the catalyst for us was, um, um, was a couple things. One is, and this is this sort of a bigger discussion, and I know there's going to be some people listening that go, man, George, you're on crack. There's just no way. Traditional forming is dying. I'd say I yes. Will, I will argue this. <laughs> I'd say yes. I'm I'll, sorry. I'd yes. argue this to, to my grave. And the, and the reason why is the writing is on the wall. You only have to go a little further north to see that. And it has nothing yep. to do with the temperatures. 
All you got to do is go a little further north, and what have you found? Well, there's, there's labor shortages up there. Where, where are the traditional guys up there? There aren't a lot of them, right? The guys who actually can do traditional and ICF, it's like they're like both weapons in there, you know, yeah. which is great. But the fact is you don't have a lot of young people coming into our trade, right, to do traditional. It's heavy. All the old guys who are really good at and have all the experience, they're all retiring. Yeah. One after another, they're all retiring. So nobody's teaching. So labor is the problem. Labor, there's a massive shortage of labor, just mm -hmm. huge. So the reason for why I brought ICF to the table with my team, you know, over at DGR, I should say our team at DGR, <coughs> was to say, hey, we're doing this because part of my job is to think about what's happening six months from now and six years from now and et cetera. We should probably consider taking on like still doing foundations. We've got the client base. We've got the high-end clients, the builders, all that fun stuff, doing great stuff in traditional. We can bring that to the table and offer it to our existing clients because the writing is on the wall that the market is changing, right? The old guard is retiring and there's a massive shortage and anybody who's tried to find a traditional concrete forming guy knows. Like you call right now trying to find somebody to do a foundation a month from now, it's like, sorry, book for no, four months. Sorry, book for four fine. months. Sorry, I'll talk to you next year. Why are you calling me if they even answer their phone? So for us, the big catalyst was we need to be able to offer both, which gives us two really good solid weapons and it allows us now to bring more carpenters on and train them in. We have a huge amount of experience doing crazy ass shit in traditional, and we can just bring that, you know, all the experience we have with the bracing and the tall walls and all the insanity stuff that we do, we can take a bunch of that know-how, blend it into ICF and be able to take that on. And then it's gonna be easier for us to get carpenters. The trick yeah, here is true. carpenters are really good at putting up walls. A lot of them don't have more concrete. So it's true. If you can train them to <laughs> experience, right? If you That's can train them to yeah. pour, they, yeah. I mean, they can put up the block, square the building, you know, they can mm -hmm. do all that, put in the rebar, they can do all of it perfectly ready to go, but they don't have experience pouring. Give them experience pouring and there you go, you're done. But you, it's easier to find carpenters, which can then even frame the house right after, they can just keep going, than it is to find forming guys to do traditional forming. So for us, it was a matter of just hedging our bets and going, for sure, the writing's on the wall. This is going to be huge. So let's just adopt it now, bring it in, become the best we can at it, and just offer it to everybody. And it's been going great. Adrian, when was the last time you did a traditional pour? Located in southwestern Ontario, Isometrics Building Products provides quality insulated concrete forming products and support to customers across Ontario, as well as internationally. With over 20 years of experience in the ICF industry, Isometrics Building Products has been a leading supplier of ICF and a company products to Ontario's construction industry. Specializing in Amphic ICF products as well as Insodec, Fab Forms, Fast Foot Products, MST's Fiberglass Rebar, Bracing Rental, and so much more. Isometrics provides unparalleled customer service as well as fast and reliable tech support for any job. Distributing out of Kitchener with their own fleet of trucks means fast turnaround and versatile delivery to virtually any job site. As one of the leading ICF distributors in Ontario, Isometrics can work alongside you all the way, whether the job be residential, commercial, or institutional. Check out Isometrics with two X's at isometrics.ca and on IG at isometricsicf and also get in touch with them at isometrics.office at gmail.com. That long ago? I'm thinking it's a long time ago. <laughs> 2018 for a fireplace. Really? But no, for a, but about, what about a foundation? 
When was the last time you did a traditional foundation? Oh, I've never done. You've never done. You've right into ACE. Really? And then did you ever tackle a traditional one, Adam? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When was the last time you did one? Oh, that's going back a couple of years now. I've had Isometrics for two years. Um, and then the last couple of years of contracting, I was just flat working ICF. So, yeah, it's been a couple of years since I've done Are you guys seeing the market? Like, it, are the clients and the designers, the architects, coming more at you with ICF? I feel like there's a lack of that. Yeah. It's starting to happen more down here, but it's interesting because you'll have clients that will be calling looking for a traditional foundation. And they go, hey, this foundation may actually lend itself to ICF. You may mm -hmm. want to, like, flip it over to ICF. And you have the points of interest to explain to them right. why. And, and, and folks go, huh. And we even get some, this is the part that I find really disturbing. We get no lack of folks, as I talk to everybody who calls in, um, flat out just saying, that is what we asked our architect to begin with. We wanted ICF. We wanted to do it in ICF, and we were told it's no good, it's this, it's that, uh, uh, termites will eat your whole house. Like every, every. That's BS. Yeah. yeah, yeah every, complete. 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 BS. Like every, and yeah. what it all boils down to is that architect or designer has no experience in it, and exactly. therefore. So they're just dismissing it. That it's way. Just they don't want to learn a new, right. new thing. They, dismissing they on ignorance, yeah. right? But what's happening, though, is those designers and architects are starting to get slapped around a bit because more and more people are asking for it. And you will notice, like in Oakville, as an example, Mississauga, not too long ago, good luck finding an ICF home. I mean, occasionally, you'd see one going up. You don't have to go too far now to see one it's coming the reverse out of the ground. Now, isn't it? It's I wouldn't say reverse. You still yet, see yet. predominantly traditional, yeah. 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 but definitely more, way far more, more traditional, way more, more ICF are, are, than ever before. Are we yeah. basically, I mean, could you almost go into the future and look at it and think when all the old school guys are out of the business, yeah. that all the young school guys are probably going to be just mostly ICF? I think so. And building code, building codes are just, Hey, continuous well, insulation on the exterior and everything. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, right away, you're going to put a traditional foundation up and then, slam two inches or three inches of foam on it, it right. well the icf makes more sense yeah right so, out of the so you, right out of the box so you guys aren't even answering any of my questions man why do you love icf <laughs> <laughs> i need four answers here four <laughs> answers just the building properties of it the r value the sound bending yep yeah and you know you 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 put the stuff up and it's november december it's freezing cold out. well guess yep. what it's already insulated exactly yeah all you gotta do is cover, all you gotta do is cover the top of it, right? Yep. I mean, there's uh, I'm trying to remember his name. I wish I could remember and give him a shout out. I've talked to him a couple of times at West, and he um, he'll take like the barbecue thermometers. He'll take like the um, you're not talking you know, about you're not is it Hollyhock? Hollyhock, Hollyhock, Hollyhock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he'll he'll take uh, he'll take a thermometer. He's done this a couple of times, cool. and he'll he'll stick it in the in the wall through the foam, and it'll measure the temperature, and then it's the middle of winter. It's like minus a zillion degrees out there where these guys are working and comes back the next day. And of course, it's a chemical reaction. So the concrete is So he's is warm, proving the point. But the point is the heat just stays in there. Yeah. Like he comes back the next day, still bloody warm in there, come back the next day, still bloody warm in there and onward and onward. And it's that thermal mass, right? Yeah. And it just sits there and holds the heat. So you cover the, t so all of that tarping and all that mayhem you have to do is gone out the window. Like there's just so many benefits to it in comparison to traditional, you know, you, you're bringing, instead of trucking in forms on the back of a giant truck and the whole bit like with a crane and craning it into the hole and all of that type of stuff, well, it's nice when you still have the crane because the bracing and stuff can go into what we do. Stuff, right? we, we bring all of yeah. our rebar and everything like with our, with our crane right into the hole just to make it easier on the boys. But what it means is that 
you're not if traditional. You're bringing forms in. And the guys are encaging everything, and all the forms have to leave again. That stuff is heavy, and it costs a lot of money to bring it back and forth. Mobilization costs are high. Yeah. Well, when you do ICF, you're shipping styrofoam, and what's your answer? It's just Adam? easier. It's just easier on your body. I don't know. I that's actually a very good point. Man, yeah. I yeah, I hated concrete forming just for that reason. The forms. Uh, how heavy is the form? Two yeah, heavy. Eight foot high. Eight foot high. I don't know. Eighty pounds. Eighty pounds for one board. Pounds. Eighty yeah. pounds. A nine, like a nine four. I, I would die if I had to do. I'm not kidding. I would Every die day. if I had to do 30 minutes of because I'm just I'm not just cut. I'm not cut it's off. One inch thick, eh? I've never not been even. a forming yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, mate. What inch and an eighth? Is yeah. it inch and an eighth? It's not but, even. But over time, what happens is like the nine foot fours that are 24 inches wide. They become slowly saturated with oil because yeah. they're sprayed. They become heavier and heavier. You pick one of those suckers up and it's like, you just look at the guys that are doing it every day and go, you're a hero, man. <laughs> like the fact that you can come to work and you can crush this and just walk out of the hole. Like, hey, man, let's go. So Ryan, yes. why yeah. don't you love ICF? <laughs> hey, I can't say I don't love it, right? But Try uh, to say why yeah. you don't no, love ICF. To be honest with you, to your point, I, my <clears throat> personal experience, and it could be from the years of abuse on the body, but it's, uh, I found ICF harder in some ways. Like, scabbing any work that you're doing on the ground i really dislike that bending over kneeling anything like that i hate it versus with the traditional forms you can reach the bottom with your hammer clip that bottom buckle and then everything's kind of from that's a good point above yeah, that yeah. Is above. Good point. yeah. but yeah. that other than that i mean there's not too many downsides to icf well and you can drag around 80 square feet at a time yeah the forms are double-sided you're not yeah. you know it's yeah yeah, it, 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 the, bot the bottom line is, again, for everyone listening that doesn't think it's true, sorry, it's, it's just, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. She it's sends me, something's going on here. Yeah, Ryan, come over this way. Am I too far out? <laughs> yeah. I forgot to mic. bring my mic with me. <laughs> Am I too far out of it? Don't be afraid, Angelina, just to tell them. Don't worry. They're just concrete guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. They're just concrete guys. There's nothing you could tell me I haven't already heard. <laughs> That's right. No, so, so I want to, okay, if you're a young kid and wanting to get into the business and this trade and you're, you want to really learn this, how does that person start? Pick a reputable book company and go. Ask them as many questions as possible. Be a sponge. But what about this one-day, two-day training thing? Like, Don't, don't. Pay attention to that shit. Go to the actual guys that are installing the system. So go to the site. Go to the site. So can I be a fly on the wall? Job. Go ahead. So, so, yeah, that's kind of not so true anymore. You can't just get a card from doing a course anymore. That's kind of... <clears throat> I can shit. laminate one Go at on. home. I've got a laminating machine. Right. Like that's, that's, that's <laughs> not really money. the way it works anymore. Like You guys want a passport? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you got to... From my end, like I got to pop out to sites, make sure everything's going good. Uh, basically, it's kind of on me as a distributor selling it to someone, even a new contractor... Someone who's done one or two, like before we give them a card, you, you got to make sure they actually know what they're But doing, even if right? you get a card, like at my argument earlier where so, I said everyone's got a driver's license and look how right. we see that on the roadway, right? right? Yeah. So it's just, it doesn't make you All, all the card is is for the building department to say, oh yeah, you're certified. That They just want to see it. I'd rather see skill set in front of me on a job site than a yeah. card. I would never ask you for the card right. if I saw the skill. Yeah. yeah. And, and interestingly, I don't know if most people even know this. I just discovered this because of building up north. Uh, first time doing ICF up in Muskoka, Said to the inspector, okay, I'll, you know, we'll give you a call to come and inspect after, you know, the walls are up. Oh, no, 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 I, I don't come back to inspect that. We're at footing inspection. Yeah. Uh, no, we, we, we don't inspect that. What? Yeah, no, just call me for framing. 
like before you backfill and then framing. They don't look at anything. So the bracing, the rebar, the nothing. Apparently, it doesn't fall somehow, some way within the building code where they have jurisdiction or something. No, it, it requires a rebar inspection. And I actually ran into that on a job. Uh, the building department said, yeah, you don't need a rebar inspection. I said, yeah, you do. I, I knew you did. Um, and they argued with me, argued. Uh, I took a bunch of pictures and they said, yeah, you're good to pour. So I poured it. and then Based on the photographs? No. So I just took the pictures just for my own, okay. my own safety on it, right? So if they came back at me, I'd at least have pictures of the job site uh, and the rebar in the wall. Uh, I poured it. They came back for, for an occupancy inspection. They're like, oh, we never... We never did a rebar inspection. I had it all. Yeah, but you know, I mean, how many times do you guys see inspectors get on the job site and you're doing a footing inspection? And they literally just glance and, and oh, yeah. it takes them longer well, to blink and, than and it does how, to inspect. And how are you supposed to, how do you know for sure that then all the rebar is into, down on yeah. the first two courses where they, you know, they're staring down in there. How are right. they supposed to know everything is done right? Right. Well, I, I can tell you up in, they, they, they're, the way it was explained to me by the chief building inspector, I won't mean in the township, was we have no jurisdiction whatsoever to force you to do anything related to the ICF. I have no power at all when it comes to that wall assembly and that wall. And I was like, come on. It's a structural yeah. component. All the engineering is done. There's, I, I wish I knew what it was. I'm going to make a point of finding out what this is exactly. But I brought it up a second time and it was like, nope. What's been your experience? Adrian? We have no like jurisdiction. Inspectors. Yeah, they come in for uh, footings. We'll see at backfill. Yeah. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Well, I've are. had issues with Halberton where they said that and they put it in an email. And then for just like Adam out of occupancy, they were like, oh, well, we didn't inspect this. It's like, I got an email saying you weren't going to, but yeah. I've got a covered my ass file so here's all my pictures yeah well, they, I, I feel like there's like some weird did, little did gray pictures or do the trick is causing this confusion no, pictures did the trick like uh no no eh? they, they want to be to x-ray the job that i did x-ray really yeah so kidding? they they actually wanted uh me to flip the bill for it even though it was all on file that i had went for rebar inspection and everything and they said you, no you don't need you it x-ray wall like on that uh, i have no idea they actually that's a big thing yeah yeah i've had an x-ray that yeah but, uh, well, I think uh, there's a lot of manufacturers, Bosch, Hilti, all these people, even for concrete cutters, it's essentially a tool you can buy. I would go behind the wall and just do a yeah. pose or something. You, like yeah, that. you put you put it on the concrete floor. It'll show you, you know, conduits, wires, yeah. rebar. I know Bosch yeah. has got like a little tool that you can. A little tool. Yeah. I mean, you're not extraing a whole foundation with yeah, that. It might take oh, a while. Okay, but. so I thought, yeah, that's what I thought. Like, no, I don't think, again, I've never had the experience of anybody wanting me to x-ray anything. but I have, mm -hmm. and it's like a little... Really? And they, two people put it up on the wall and go Cheese. down. And back. that's it? Yeah. I had, yeah. Uh, wow. I actually came in to fix a house from uh, another guy, ICF, and uh, there were 392 voids in it. <laughs> there you go. Wow. So that's wow. the reason why they're and, asking and this is And this <laughs> is one of the things you will hear from folks that are in the concrete business. They go, well, like honeycomb, voids, et cetera. What it boils down to is this. You get someone who doesn't have experience right. pouring and vibrating concrete yep. and you cut them loose. Well, guess what? There's nothing you can't. You're not stripping everything off like traditional concrete. So you can't see She'll it. never tell. So I mean, if you don't have maybe somebody. Maybe one of my other issues with ICF. Who's competent yeah. at pouring concrete, like professional, who knows how to pour concrete. And this is a big beef with me. 
This is why newbies should not be allowed to do ICF foundations. I'm sorry, no, because you can't, without scanning everything. You should grow into it. You should totally learn and grow into it. Correct. You have to know how to pour and vibrate concrete. First. First, yeah, for sure. Walk, learn how to walk before you run. Like the cutting of the block and putting all that together, that's the least of it. The most important part, in my opinion, is like when you're pouring the concrete, that that's all properly consolidated. And that's, that's, that's the wall, right? The rest is insulation. You can't fuck that up, right? Like, you can, I'm sorry, but you, you shouldn't. Yeah. So you take a newbie, and I can tell you right now, I've never actually myself poured a wall, okay? I wouldn't pour a wall. If Ryan were saying yeah. to me, hey, we're shorthanded, George, can you take the hose? I'd go, uh. You wouldn't have the with all due faith respe- in. No, probably not. It's not an no. entry-level job. The guy that's running the no. pump. There, the there is yes. a. And you agree the same? Oh, yeah. yeah. Y- you've got to know your shit to be on the on the hose. That's the same thing. Oh, totally. yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. You but it's funny to. how it's been marketed as just come and go. That's it. Get it done. Oh, yeah. Hop Pro- up on the scaffolding, grab the hose, and just let her rip. Just give her. Nothing yeah. can possibly go wrong pumping Except thousands for everything. of pounds of... Yeah, exactly. So, to me, it should literally be illegal to sell a homeowner block. Full stop. You should have to be like a licensed professional... Trade trade person to be able to buy block it is outrageous like someone could just simply die quite easily i think that point lends to the concrete industry though should it be a trade i think it should Should it's not a a trade i think that's part of the glamour there's there's no licensing Oh, it comes okay. in you your can, carpentry. Yeah, you know, if you're yeah. Red Seal, you, you're, you're certified. You know, but it's to do funny concrete. you say that, but in in commercial applications, it is right. In what sense? Well, concrete forming, carpentry. Yeah. It's a it's a well, seal. It's, so, it's rope. It's roped in. Yeah, to the whole carpentry part. Carpentry when it comes part. to resi, it's not. Yeah, I mean, like you like what you're saying on large commercial projects. Traditionally, you got your your carpenters building your concrete work yes. or your formwork. Yes. I get that, but I'm saying if it was its own trade, you got specifically trained in concrete forming, whether it's traditional Would that be ICF, a better thing or pouring, pouring concrete. Because, I mean, you could talk to a lot of carpenters. What they learn in that Red Seal course, I don't know if it makes you a true concrete professional. I go back to the yeah, driver's license. It doesn't, I've seen good guys that are sealed and not sealed. I've seen guys that are good guys that are union, non-union. Like mm-hmm. it, it depends on, I go back to skill. Yeah. I think yeah. It all, I think and you're only really as good as the job that you're currently to, doing. Yeah. I think it would, a lot of it just simply boils down to is where did you start? Who trained you? How much yeah. experience do you have? Like anything in the trade? Carry yeah. the conversation. You guys all know. You guys Absolutely. should talk to somebody yeah. in two seconds and know yeah. if they're full of it or not. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You can tell. Yeah. Tell. There's no, there's no you could almost thing. fake your way. There's some good talkers out there. They you can think fake so? their, yeah, they some can good fake old their, concrete actors until you actually <laughs> put your hands on the tools. Yeah, that yeah. in the first two minutes on the job site, you should watch you the way they, idea. they grab a tool or something like that. Literally, or? from the way they grab it to the way they use it to the what, way, what, what it looks what, like, what, what they did with what's it. What's the dead giveaway <laughs> if they grab a tool incorrectly? <sighs> Body, it's body it, language. It, different tool, tell. different tools, different pickup. Okay, go ahead. They grab a hammer and they're like, tap, tap. Yeah. Tap. And it's like, holy fuck, do you know how to swing a hammer? Go home. But yeah. but you can tell just how they get in and out of a truck. Like you can just tell people have experience and those who don't, right? The way and they tie up their boots in the morning. If they tie up their boots in the morning. I was going to say if yeah. they're tied. Yeah. 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 And for it's example, good, like for us, point. we don't interview. We're going to hire somebody. Somebody calls. There's like a conversation on the phone or whatever. And it's like, all right, show up Tuesday at 6 a.m. You're standing in the yard. You're vetting right on the phone. Well, pretty much. But then 
whether someone is going to be staying or not, that's up to the crew. If you can survive the old guys, if they give you the nod, then you're in. But hey, today, they're not savage. No, no, no. They're but, actually well, like the nicest they old are, guys. They are. I was but, gonna say, but they know, it's, it's they know if you have what it, what it takes or not. Yeah, but right? it's, not, it's not rising, though. It's, it's not rising. It's not like throwing no. wheelbarrows across the job site. No, it's there's none of that. that. I think within the, like a week or two, it could start to turn to rising. Because they like not. Yeah, okay, yes, rising <laughs> like you say it, or kind of pushing to learn more. I want you to succeed. No, no what wanna... I'm trying to say is if they don't like you after those two weeks, that oh, then you're slowly yeah. going to start to yeah. feel maybe disincluded. Yeah. And I, I, I can't even elaborate on that. It's just... Uh, the feel. You're either going to start coming in, they're going to start to see some promise, they're going to start, you know, hey, come help me with this, or, you know, or it's going to be like... You're always going to be looking around with nobody to help you because nobody. Yeah, it's because I, I don't because think that's our company. They, I think that's, that's just the, the trades yeah, in general. Yeah, 100% right? yeah. it is. And a, and a bunch of it, I think, is if you've got the right attitude, you show up on time, you're right there to help at all times. Nobody has to prod at you. Your phone does not come out of your pocket. As a matter of fact, your phone shouldn't even be on you. Like the guys can tell, right? Yeah. The seasoned guys know. They can tell if you've got the reaction, you're good or not, or you're basically just a snowflake, and it's like the second things get a little tough. Hey, let's go. I'm going to miss break because we got the trucks coming. Oh, man, i got to take my break. Okay, you're done. Yeah. That's not the way it works in concrete. Concrete is the break. Once yeah. it's poured and it's sealed and everything's done, you Absolutely. clean it up, it's that's the best the break. break ever. Yeah. 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 It's one of those trades where, yeah, the law says X, and we do everything we can to follow that, but there are times, and nobody ever complains because they know. It's like, this is happening. we got to get it done. Grab a sandwich and eat it while you're like doing whatever, and because yeah. shit's got to happen at a certain time. So I want to go with the young guys trying to get in, and the girls getting into the industry. Yeah. What what makes a good concrete tradesperson? Like why me? I, you know, like everyone is always, and I, and I agree with you, Ryan, about that. There are some performers out there, mm -hmm. like they know how to talk and walk and be a salesperson. They can sell themselves based on no skills at at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But what makes a good person that you know when they walk in there and they're meeting you for the first time they're on the job site for the first time what makes them the potentially good tradesperson i think attitude willingness to want to learn yeah. and help and do the fire sorry uh, the fire so they got to show that the desire there yeah body language tells there, you everything there are certain things that don't take very much skill at all and don't get me wrong something as simple as digging dirt yeah there is some skill to that but the way you approach it i think dictates a little bit you know, like I said, the way you tie up your boot, the way you get out of your truck, all that stuff is already forming. And and, and back to your original point, how does somebody get into it? You yeah. know, a young person getting into it. We talking zero construction experience. Let's say out of high school. Out hey, of high school. I want to just... I wanna late, be late teens, out of high school, and I've got, I love concrete. I love the smell of concrete. You know I, what I mean? To like, be honest with you, <laughs> if you find that person, you send them over here. Right over to us immediately. At the end of the day is, uh, yeah, if somebody chooses concrete to start with, it's a little bit rough, but at the end of the day, they need to come in, Ask questions, but not too many questions, right? You're new. You're not going to learn it all today. You don't need to know everything. You don't need to look at the drawings. You don't listen to the person right beside you that you're working with, that whoever's in charge, it's like, hey, you work alongside them and just try to keep that person happy. If that person's happy, then they're going to be like, oh, he wasn't too bad. I worked with him today. He's all right. Chances are in the next few days, you're going to have an experience with somebody else. And, it, it, and if you can slowly win people over yeah. with effort, versus knowledge 
I think that's the, the beginning genuine, of the Genuine, genuine Genuine effort. effort. Yeah, yeah. Not, and, not and the, kiss and, ass effort, right? And no. usually what they discover is that 21-year-old full of piss and vinegar that thinks they're going to have a pickup truck by the end of the week suddenly realizes what that... What is with this pickup truck by the end of the let, week? Let me, fi- that- let, me, let me finish. They suddenly, they suddenly realize as they're put beside that 60-year-old that they're thinking, who's this old guy? And they very quickly realize that not only can that old guy do more work in 30 minutes than they can do all day, but that old guy could probably take down in a fight and crush seven of his friends <laughs> with him, not even break a sweat. I, I agree with These you. These are the toughest guys you've ever yes. seen ever. And you would never, but they're the nicest guys ever, yeah. right? But the, they've got to be able to, if they have the right attitude and they're willing to like push and work and help them and learn, boy, everyone's there to help them. Right, that's that's how you learn. But yeah. it's being like, it, is it fair to say that concrete, the trade, it's a team. Like, it's the meaning 100, of 100%. team. 100%. Yeah, yeah. It's not totally. an individual. There's no yeah, way nothing. you can pull it off all by yourself. No, a one or two man crew, at some point in the in the process well, of like doing a, a foundation. foundation. Okay, or yeah, like but that. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> a substantial. Hey, an ICF house, a traditional house doesn't matter. Two guys will build that. The poor. Is going to be a little bit different, right. right? Like, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I that's up, why I, I kind of said it like I was tiptoeing <laughs> into that point because it's like, okay, guaranteed there's something that's important about me. Speak, speak up. So, I'm a lone wolf, yes. I worked on my own for yeah. the last three years, mm-hmm. and I mean, what was that one house 2,600 square feet? Yeah, I poured that by myself. That's awesome. Wow, that's, that's wild. Awesome. Jeez. That volumes yeah. that, uh, yeah, that's that's that volumes to that. How did you feel that day? Listen, uh, Adrian, do you, need, do you need a job, dude? Like, we will pay you so well. You have no idea. Jesus. No, like, that, that is, like, next level right there. Like, what, what Adrian just said out loud is something that I think most guys would be like, holy fuck. That's the test. Yeah. It was Jesus. 86 meters. That's where you guys would stand there and go, he's the chosen 86 one. 86 meters, and I poured that in two and a half hours, finished, straightened, backed up, off to the next one. Wow. And, and that's well, few and far between. Oh you know, yeah, yeah. Like, like you're not gonna find another unicorn like me. Uh, I was like, just gonna say, you know, <laughs> yeah. unicorn status, exactly. So Adam, you go to a lot of job sites and you talk to a lot of GCs and you speak to a lot of homeowners and you're seeing a lot of different job sites. What is the cross section like selection of trades, the young trades out there? What are they like? At Isometrics, they pride themselves on the energy efficiency and eco-friendly statistics of the products they carry. These qualities benefit not only the homeowner with energy savings, but also the installing contractor. Saving time with less need for expensive tools such as boom trucks and forms. ICF allows contractors to complete multiple stages of a build with ease, eliminating excess time, consuming steps, and associated costs from each job. ICF is also cost competitive with traditional building methods and its installation properties mean that contractors continue to build more efficiently year round with far less hassle and temporary insulating. Isometrics offers free training courses for any contractors looking to become more familiar with ICF and offers ongoing on-site and over-the-phone support. Check out Isometrics with two X's at isometrics.ca and on IG at isometricsicf and also get in touch with them at isometrics.office at gmail.com. I'm actually not seeing too many young guys. Really? Um, yep. Yeah, it's, it's They're mostly being older. Like, really? Like, yeah, 35 and up. Yeah. Yeah, uh, to me that's young man. If, if yeah. we <laughs> if we if we don't have a ton if we don't have a ton of immigration, and I'm talking immigration or people who are coming from wherever they're coming from that actually want to go into the trades, not oh. become dentists and doctors. Yeah. If we don't have that, Canada's screwed. Mm-hmm. 
Nobody's getting into your trade. Nobody's getting into masonry, block, concrete, roofing, roofing. They're not getting into the hard ones. Stone, right? They're not. And the only way that's going to happen is for the folks that are coming from other countries. Well, UK, Ireland, Scotland, and they've got the skills already, and they're like, "Yeah, count me in, man. I'm let's go." Farmers, yeah, those those are guys that we need. The guys and girls, they're the ones that understand it. In Europe, depending on the country they're coming from, um, there's a lot of very skilled. Masonry folks mm-hmm. like they work with concrete and stone and all the rest of the stuff. They're there. And a lot of them probably wouldn't mind coming to Canada. The problem is not a lot, I think, are to be entering into the trades. And there's a huge shortage. There's a massive shortage of people. That's always going to be a constant. And I mean, like, okay, so we did talk about five years, right? Like I said, yeah. you guys, we yeah, all kind of yeah. agreed that it was like a five year before you're ready. Yeah. You're ready, right? But I, I know that I've also spoken to a bunch of other people on the show where they've said it's like seven to ten years before you actually have a skilled tradesperson. You know, we could call it, it trained versus expert. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it, it, it takes it's more true. time to, you know. I think any of us could agree that we're all learning still. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, every day, new job, there's yeah. a new, oh man, there's we haven't done this something. before. Yeah, yeah exactly. Always. exactly. Yeah. But then that's where your problem solving comes in. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? based on experience, right? But like you were saying, that five years starts to give you enough tools to problem solve. It's yeah. like, oh, okay, this is outside of the box, but if I use this and that, uh, we can make it happen, right? Yeah. I want to get a little scientific here with the ICF. I want to talk about, so obviously there's the insulation factors, right? So there's benefits there because if you do traditional forming uh, foundation, you've got to apply that foam now to meet our building code standards, right? Yep. What they're asking for. And it's only like you said, George, earlier, it's, it's only going to exceed. They're going to constantly be asking for more. Insul- more. There's the, the, the building code is slowly in here in Canada adopting the fact of the European way of building where you put all the insulation on the outside of the dwelling, not so much on the inside of the dwelling. That's been done in Europe for how long now? And now we're finally doing it here so it has the insulation properties but there's also sound properties right there's yeah, also okay. like what other properties are there like what are we talking about do you guys know offhand like would you know adam like sound what, what are you doing reducing the, the decibel level or something like that yeah or? you are I, I don't know the exact amount of it but uh but yeah it's it's a huge difference it becomes yeah. like a bunker yeah, yeah. dampens the know, sound like if like if you build a home an icf home right to the you know all the way up right to the top yeah you can pretty much have traffic bombing up and down like Lawrence Avenue or something in front, you know, in front of, you know, anybody listening who doesn't live in Toronto would have no clue what I'm talking about, but like active noisy traffic. But anyone building and traditionally? As long as we'll you've know. got, yeah. Oh yeah. If oh, you've yeah. got quality windows and the place is kind of sealed up, right. It's incredible how quiet the building is. Like it's strangely quiet, mm-hmm. which is great because it's basically a bunker, right? It's a bunker. Like go ahead. I go, I go back to throw a hurricane at it. Like yeah. castles, on, like just well, castles, geez. like, Thicker walls oh, made yeah. stronger structures. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and but one thing that just kills me is when people are like, oh, you know, there's bad for the environment and foam. I stand there and go, are you kidding me? Like, are you joking me? Let's start with the fact you drive a vehicle that just uses so much fuel. It's insane. This house built, if you build a home properly, and this is why I hate a lot of production houses, just mm-hmm. throw them up. They have a very short lifespan. You build a quality house out of ICF. The lifespan of that thing is huge. It's yeah. like it's going to be, yeah, it's generational. Yeah. So when folks are going on about, oh, well, you know, the environment, this, it's like, come on, man, that's going to be there for how long? That house across the street that wasn't built that way, and all these houses over here in the subdivision over there, it won't be like 50, 60 years. They're all going to get knocked down and start over. They start falling apart five years in. Yeah. They're yeah. built like trash. 
You build an ICF and it's literally like like a a bunker. It's unbelievable, the quality. Like what's the percentage wise versus doing it your way, Ryan, versus doing it the ICF way, right? Like what are we- Locally, like let's say the GTA? Yeah. I think that- It's what, 10% increase in cost? Oh, you're saying cost increase? It depends. Cost wise, it depends. Well, it'd be interesting to hear what Adrian has to say because he's, he's, we're a foundation company. He's building. Yeah. So So I'm sure he probably has better numbers than we do. What do you- I think the last one was like three and a half percent. Just three and a half percent, really yeah. increased. Yeah, but we're doing all like uh, suspended slab, everything, like next to no lumber in the house. Yeah. So based on current lumber prices right now, and then I guess also skilled trades uh, prices as well for the framing and everything. Yeah. So, so that's not crazy. So okay. what, so what I tell folks is, depending on what you're doing, you know, you're having a conversation on the phone with someone that just first time and they, they, everyone asked this question and I always say to folks let's call it depending on what you're building because we haven't seen your drawings right we don't, we don't know what you're actually building you may be looking at 10 percent maybe 15 on the far end depending if you're building something really complex or whatever I don't know it depends on what you're throwing on yeah. the table but then the efficiency that comes from the building the energy savings that's the other side that of starts to make it up years. in no time yeah Right. So, so people, but most homeowners, and I don't think architects, and I definitely don't think designers, and I'm not picking on them, but those aren't fancy numbers to them. Long-term energy efficiency no. savings numbers. No. Those numbers do not look as pretty as red knobs <coughs> on your stove. Correct. That's true. Right. Yeah. Correct. I'm just saying, right? Yeah. So it's like, how do you guys sell those numbers to clients? How do you, you still got to fight that battle too, right? Well, I mean, I think that, it's not a sellable thing. I think I think uh, ICF clients have done that math themselves. They they've already come they to the table with the knowledge. Yeah. Like yeah. it's very rare where you're just throwing a dart. It's like, hey, what about ICF? And they're like, oh yeah. It's they. It's like, oh, I was looking at ICF for for this reason or that reason, yeah. and then you can educate them on those points, right? Versus they're so, they're a different breed from a traditional homeowner. They tend to care. They're educated. They're educated. Tend well, to care properly more. educated because there's a yes. lot of construction noise out there. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they tend <clears> to have like, they've done the homework. They've, they've done all that research and stuff. They understand the benefits of it. You almost like they're practically educating you, some of them. They, they, they have done the math. Then you get some folks that will say, well, hang on a second. The foundation, if I do this traditionally, is $74,000 traditionally. Why is it? $92,000 if I do it in ICF. And I just kind of just, you know, in my head, I'm going, my God. It's like apples to apples. Come on, right? man. Yeah. Like you're talking about just like a core of concrete. And now instead, we're talking about something that's actually like encased with foam around it and the whole bit insulated. The easy sell. You, you, like you need to price subtract, out your, you need price to subtract out the insulation all that out. for either side of the wall. And if so. you're going into winter and you tell people, like, you know what your propane costs are to keep that place heated in the winter and the whole bit and the cost for your tarps to cover everything up and la la la, la you add all that stuff up and uh, suddenly ICF is cheaper. Right, it's actually cheaper. I mean, the folks that I, do the math, I, it's a no-brainer. I'm not disagreeing yeah. with you. Yeah. I know it's for a fact, and and I'm slowly doing my own place. And I know that I had another friend of mine. He did a rental property, and he went right off the bat with electric dryer, and I went with gas dryer. And he goes, "Why are you spending money on the gas dryer? Gas dryer is more money when you purchase the unit, yep. and it costs on average 350 bucks to run a, a gas line. But when I show him my 14 dollar gas bill in the summer months." Yeah. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. I look at the long-term effects For of sure. consumption of power. We're only consuming more. First of all, North America is a hugely consuming country. 
Yeah. It's a continent, I, I think, right? I think the we most want, in the world. Don't we we it's the most in the world. Yeah, like, we want what we want. We have, it's all out of yeah. Yeah. Europe and Asia and other parts, they're, they're very conscious of it's, how it's to been, build. It's and, been driven by, by cheap energy. Our energy has been dirt forever. I mean, I, But uh, it's getting expensive. Portuguese uh, heritage through my parents. I was born in Canada, but I used to be able to travel to Europe, and I've done a fair amount of traveling through Europe. And even as a child, I recognize it's like, huh, all the cars here are tiny. But as soon as I could figure it, it's and like, stick. wow, <laughs> gasoline is twice as much yeah. as it is at home. And, you know, you, you, I've been in homes in England, like in London. Um, folks that have no lack of dough, they don't heat the whole house. They heat each room they're in. When you're not in the bedroom, you're not, no, the heat's off over there. But the home is built a certain way that it retains heat. Some some are, some aren't. But yeah. they're very conscious of, okay. hey, man, energy is like, it's bad for the environment to be burning all this stuff, and it's unbelievably expensive. When it hits their pocketbook, people tend to pay attention. We've been able to be so wasteful because the stuff is basically free for us. But these are the lessons that are being learned now with ICF, right? When you go into, I guess the homeowners just, or even just tradespeople in general, have to walk into a home that's properly built that way yeah. to oh, experience you, you, you it. You notice that difference. You notice it right off the, the bat. Door, yeah. right. Like, have you not all, and, and I, like production homes are bad. Like, I think I've shared this on the show where my brother bought a production home and, and he was like, can you come by and do the walkthrough with me? And I'm like, you don't want me to come by and do the walkthrough <laughs> no, with you. What's wrong like, with you? It's like, just tear it down and start over. Like, like, I hate yeah, to say it all loud, but it's the, true. It's the, the, the running joke was the guy already had a post-it note pad, right? An hour into the walkthrough, I said, you're going to need another pad. Yeah. Like he was putting post-it notes everywhere yeah. of deficiencies. And then uh, you walk in and you're having the deflection. And, and yeah. I'm like, this no, is garbage. No, no shutoff valves under sinks. There isn't, there isn't a single piece of rebar in the foundation. Yeah. yeah. No rebar in any of those foundations. It none. depends. It depends. You can't say none. Well, but yeah, for the most well, part, there may be depending minimal. on the yeah, house. There may be minimal. some above the windows yeah. and a little yeah. bit odd. But not like typically when you're building custom. That's not the case. There's like, there's no such thing as a custom home that doesn't have rebar in the foundation. Absolutely. We've never done one. Yeah. So, so guys, walk us through installing ICF. From this, okay, so you guys have your footing. Well, Manny, it's basically Lego. Anybody can do Anybody it. Can <laughs> do it. Anybody can do it, man. You can become an ICF contractor tomorrow, and you'll make millions. Listen, I'm not we'll taking apart my Star Wars we'll Millennium Falcon. No, I'm not doing that. But I mean, like, literally, you've got your footings down, right? The footings yeah. down. Where do you begin? Corners. Corners. Yep. Where do you go from the corners? Into the middle. That's it. So you build the corner right, left whatever yep. and then you work your way down to both sides to the next corner the next corner and keep on going that way yeah you've snapped your lines you don't want to have you know if, if you try to avoid stack joints obviously mm -hmm. because the more of those you have you have to reinforce the snot out of them before you pour and la 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 but uh but yeah i mean it's actually not it's not super difficult to install it just isn't you still gotta know what the hell it's, you're doing yeah it's easy for a right? skilled trace skilled yeah. trades person are you guys putting track down too or no we do starter track, track. Yeah, yeah. yeah we do starter track Right, snap all the lines. So what's a starter track? So start I'm just trying to figure out if I got like, you know, a painter that wants to get it's into it. It's a metal. You it's see what's metal. happening here, Manny? All these processes, like we're already done one wall and there's a <laughs> starter track. Uh. Well, like, well, my next question to you is like, yeah. okay, where do you start traditionally now? Well, once we, we got our lines down, we're erecting panels. Okay. Full height. So it's, you're moving, all right? Yeah, I think the, the initial assembly might be faster. On the traditional, on the traditional. Uh, Again, it, it, it depends the details that you're, that you're building. We build very complex foundations. So 
take a long time. I've seen some stuff recently but, that you guys have but done. But they're quick. Can they but, be done in ICF too? Because they weren't done. There was some archways, some insane kind of things. Yeah, I don't know if no. you'd be doing that. No, no. there no. are there are limits. I'm I mean, sure you there's. You can do hey, a lot with ICF, yeah. but never say never, right? Yeah, someone will figure. Somebody it out. Somebody will figure it out. But do you, Adam? You see that? You see like some? It's not just traditional box foundation forming. No. But it's actually kind of what we're seeing is it going back to that like the forty fives are kind of starting to to die off and stuff now like it's it's going more to a rectangle is what we're yeah. seeing. I I noticed that myself in a lot of well, when we get a, a set of drawings that's ICF I feel like it's simplified compared to yeah. the to the to the traditional yeah. traditional you get all these weird areas where it's like oh yeah just fill all that up with concrete it's like you get these big blobs that don't necessarily fit inside of an ICF block. And I, again, there's lots of ways to do this. I'm not saying you can't do it out of ICF. It's when it's designed ICF, it's designed to suit ICF. Exactly what it means. Is, are you guys concrete? Like, do you guys like concrete block foundation? Bless you. Bless you. <laughs> I thought yeah. that sneeze was a <laughs> an indication. Yes. Yeah. Um, there, there are applications where, yeah, like we get folks sometimes calling for additions as an example. They need some basic frost walls, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, it's, you know, it's designed and poured concrete. First thing I say is why? They're frost walls for a small addition. Four feet in the ground, do block. And they're like, how come? Well, I don't know, half the money? Let's start with that. It's all sandwiched it on would, both it sides. It would be the cheapest, probably the cheapest yeah. way to get a foundation in the ground would be block. Yeah. 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 But, and you then, know, there, there's like the difference we're talking about. There are advantages to block and there's also disadvantages. Right. So any good tradesperson that's running a business, <clears throat> you're looking at the options across the board, right? You're you try to, but we often get drawing and it's like this, the ship has sailed. So to Ryan's point about sometimes these foundations are a bit kind of insane that we get, like in terms of why is this over here like that? Well, they, they tend to design the home, first floor, second floor, and then they, that, and then they slam the basement underneath it. Then they do the basement yeah, walls and everything. It's, 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 so now it's like, they okay. They build the structure build below the, structure. the design. So now we yeah, got to gotta drop everything yeah. underneath to hold all the crazy shit we put up on the, you know, upstairs. So you end up with a bit of, uh, you know, chaos there. But simplifying, they're really good at this in the U.S. They're very good even with like really nice custom homes, often just simplifying a lot of the design in such a way to make it easier to build. We get some stuff, it's like, holy, this is going to take, like, look at the complexity in this. Like, does this really need to be this insane? It's good. You know, there, there, we look at stuff and often say, there's, there's a better way to do this. And it's not often designed that way. Often the clients have no clue how much extra they're spending because of the way it's been designed and engineered. And often, to be honest, I don't even think they really care. They care, but they don't. They've got a dream. They want it. It's would, been designed. Would you, guys, they, would you guys speak up? Like, would you kind of... Where, where to we poor design, you're saying? Or? Not poor design, no. that it was Did maybe you? over-designed. Well, I we're, think it, we're often brought in. We're often brought in in advance um, to have conversations. So you're part of that process. We try to be as much as we can. So the, the builders that we have, and this is like a shadow, for example, to WPML and a bunch of other ones, we have more of an interactive relationship with them, whereby we're, you know, they ask questions and this and that, and we will come to the table and say, hey, can you know, well, how about this? How about that? We found this problem here. We want to debug everything to death before we even show well, up. Well, that's my mindset. Why not right. ask boots on the ground? Yeah. Like, I don't, it kind of makes sense, right? Like, once everything's rocking and rolling, it's, like, not the right time to go, oh, yeah, let me just change this over here. It's like, you want to build a thing. So we try to debug it. I was going with the concrete block thing because it just seems like ICF is a natural step to modular building. Yeah. 
yeah. a connecting point. And so we know that modular building is gaining a lot of traction right now. And of course, something else that came from Europe and is making its way over to North America now. So I could just see that being the next step. And you guys see that? Like you'll create an ICF foundation and you'll throw on a modular structure on top of that and grow from there and there and there. Is that like, do you I think there's that? a lot of people already doing that. Yeah. Like, uh, there's a lot of that going on. Yeah. I've done it. You've done it. Yeah. I built uh, four foundations for Royal Homes. Wow. Are you guys seeing that as well as the company? Are you guys trying to make the connection between your product and modular building or not yet? I'm not seeing a lot of it uh, from our end, but most of what we do is, is full houses. Right, we're supplying for that kind of... And I think there's yeah. still, like, don't get me wrong, there's some builders that are doing this modular stuff in-house, but if you're not doing, like, I don't want to say a mini-home, but, like, a smaller structure that can be put there at one time, the the <laughs> people the people that... Um, sorry, I interrupted yeah, yeah, you. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no, what, where I was going with that is that uh, as it gains traction, all this modular building, just, like, ICF Anything. and concrete. It, there, there's people. It's like, oh yeah, we build wall sections for you. We, we'll build you a modular house. And it's like, is that a good? Like, there's good and there's bad. That's got to be I'm one saying. of my biggest gripes in construction. Is that I find it's like this is a great idea. Yeah, and you get one idiot it's that ruins too it for easy. Everybody. It's too easy to market a bad idea to the industry. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I just there's that funny joke about Apple. Remember Apple had the desktop that had the telescopic head on it and they did a commercial oh yeah where yeah. someone walked by the storefront and the actual monitor head followed the person then came back and came back and then everyone thought it was cute but then apple had to explain to everybody that my computer monitor wouldn't follow me while i was walking around the house <laughs> it's yeah. like it's I, I find with construction it's too easy to market something bad do you guys agree with that like, do you guys see it is. Yeah, the I marketing mean, machine these days? Yeah, like yeah. there's, there's so many people offering the best building envelope or the best product or the best this, best that, best whatever, right? It's just like, yeah. it's not, but it's just being marketed properly. The internet, man. Yeah. The and, internet. And, there's, and one of the challenges, of course, is that you've, um, at the end of the day, it really boils down to the, you know, the men and women who are actually assembling buildings. Boots things, on the ground, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you've got good installers, if you've got good tradespeople building stuff, yeah, you're gonna get the quality. So the modular thing to me, I think is just, to a certain extent, a big chunk of the future, the same way AI is coming down, you know, on us like there's no tomorrow. Um, simply because if you have a shortage of tradespeople, right? You know, I've got, a, I've got 20 carpenters with hand saws, and all of a sudden somebody shows up with a cordless skill saw. Hmm. Some of those carpenters, yeah. right. So, because all, all of a sudden, this one guy can kind of crush you with the tools. Well, guess what? We, we, we have we do this at DGR all the time. We can't get people. We want to hire everybody who's good that we possibly can get our hands on, but we can't get them. So every piece of technology, everything we can get our hands on to be able to produce more quality work without a human being, we're investing like crazy in it because we can't get the human beings. So modular construction, it's been going on for a long time. It's getting better and better and better. Like transportation was a big problem with it because everything was so big. Yeah. Well, now you've got guys that are like, you know, putting together modular homes that can be pulled by basically a dually down the road. It doesn't need a giant transport truck. So the transportation costs are falling out of the sky. So a lot more of that is going to start to so happen. So if you're not paying attention to those innovative ideas, then your business is going to be left out to try it right? I, eventually I mean, I mean the same way we were we were and again this is this is a big part of my job at dgr is to be thinking about like well 
the guys are out crushing it out in the field and all that kind of stuff. The biggest part of my job is to be thinking about like what's next before anybody else can think has to think about it. I've, I'm supposed to solve the problem and come up with a solution. So you have to always be thinking ahead of what's coming. You got to try and do that as a business owner, because if you don't, all of a sudden you're caught with your, you know, it's like all the guys are like, yeah, man, conquer traditional. But their head is already got a thousand things in their head right now. They're like, now I got to think right. about that. Now I got to yeah. think about this. Yeah. How do you juggle? And that's why I go back to the five to seven years, how you won't learn everything in the first year. You're not on dog years of construction. 100%. Yep. So you need to experience all these years first and then get that experience. And then you can problem solve because your, your mind is basically just full. Yeah. And you haven't even organized it yet. Well, I mean, we're able to do what we do at DGR because when the company was originally a concrete company and then we sort of retooled everything when I came on board and kind of changed everything. And the whole idea was to just reimagine what a concrete company was. We're not going to do what everybody else is doing. We're going we're gonna to not reinvent the wheel, but we're going to look from above and pick out all the best bits and pieces and how are we going to become the best of what we do. And that's what we did from day one. Heard like hell for the first three years, I got to tell you. But the the point was by doing that and planning it that way we had enough experience we refer to it as swim lanes we've got all kinds of people that fall into their own swim lane this is their job they need to think about etc you kind of need that because trying to wear all the hats we've all done it I, we, I know none George. of us started out like you know with on a team right away right. You got to do it. You it's really it. hard. And, and, and that, that goes back to Adrian's point. Like you're a lone wolf, right? And okay. I know that George, you and I, we've had our conversations about certain people that are, I guess, out in the industry or on social media that they're lone wolves. They're one yeah. man concrete shops. And it's like, do you, do you see it, Adrian, as a fault or like, do you see it as a, it's is a good, it a pro or con? It's a good question actually, because there's a lot of pros to what he's doing yes because he gets the ability to just have to worry about himself and what he's doing and the decisions he's making and the conversations he's having are strictly with what him. are your thoughts man uh, i agree with you george yeah. but let me tell you it fucking sucks <laughs> it's hard eh? okay yeah. it's hard it's non-stop it's 24 yeah. 7 so it, like it's non-stop it's go 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 how many people in the crew time. right now at dgr because you're a lone wolf but how many people on dgrs I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you. What are we at? 20 people, 25. Yeah, around there. <sighs> One versus 25. Yeah. Yeah. And and this Listen, is, but. I don't know if any of the 25 could pour an 80 meter house by <laughs> themselves. <laughs> we don't have anybody. I going to say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, but, if anybody from the company hears that, I know the ones that can. Trust me. <laughs> but it, but it's, it's a, um, we know lots of people. We all do know lots of people who are really, really good at what they do. And the piece that I would caution everybody about, Adrian, you included, is that you have to think, well, what happens if I get injured? Yes. Yeah. That that's, is, that's the, the that is such a concern. Yes. So when you're like the guy in charge of everything, doing everything, you have to always think, well, okay, what's my exit strategy? How long am I going to be doing this for? How long can yeah. I do this for? And then the other one trade, is, man. Am, am, I, am, I, is, am I building a company that's going to be saleable or not? Usually if you're like a lone wolf, I think it's not. You're the business, right? right? Yeah. And then, and then the other piece of it that's really tough is if you're doing it on your own, you have to be thinking, if I get hurt, what would happen? If you ask yourself that question, and if everybody out there who's listening to this podcast asks themselves the question, it's like, well, if I didn't go to work, everything would shut down. You need to immediately stop and start thinking about, okay, I need to get proper insurance in case I get hurt. Like start to figure out some stuff to help fill those gaps in case something happens. 
Adrian could leave here and slip on the floor on the yeah. way out, a cup of water, and yeah, yeah, you know, not yeah, 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 everybody wishing. knock on wood, yeah. right? But you see, that's that's kind of it's tough. But guess to create what we've done, man, that was like pulling teeth and a shit ton of money and unbelievable risk. And even today, it's still a lot of risk when you got yeah. all these people running around everywhere and everything. Well, you doing, guys man, looked the risk at the industry huge. as a as a group. You guys looked at the industry and you guys looked at what was good, what was bad, what needed to be improved. Yeah. And then you just threw as many ideas at it. Yeah. yeah. What, what helped Trial a bit was that I, because, see, these guys did concrete for me before and I was just building, right? Like, I wasn't a concrete guy before. So when I came in and we joined forces to kind of, you know, pull this together, what was great was that I was able to look at it through a different lens. Yeah, because yeah. when you're in the middle of it all on your own, you don't necessarily see all the things that maybe need improvement. You're just like so busy just trying to get it done that you don't realize it's like, this thing's a piece of shit. I should buy this other thing from Hilti or Bosch or whatever that's way better. Why do I keep using this thing? Like, but you're so busy just trying to get to the next job site, you don't have even time to go do the research on replacing this thing. That's right. I go back to your head's full of questions. Right. right? It's just, so it's really, really hard to do, but it's really hard as well. It takes an incredible amount of work to be in a partnership as well a lot yeah. of them go south because people can't put the effort into it but well we managed that's like to, a marriage you have to find the right partner yeah. right yeah. so for us we came at it from what does the builder want so one of the things that i said right at the beginning was we have to make sure that our builders the people that we're working for look like absolute rock stars to their client no it's ands or buts the clients have to go hey man um Adrian, I don't know what you did, but holy shit, the, the, this is amazing. How did this all happen so well, so quickly, on time, on budget, on everything? And it's like, man, they were in, they were out. It was beautiful. It's clean. It's neat. It's tidy. Nobody kicked the dog next door or screamed to Karen across the street. How did this happen? Well, if the builder looks like gold, we've done our job. That's big. So I still need to go back to, there's a bunch of questions you guys just refuse to answer, man. <laughs> we haven't even finished the install of ICF, with the professional install of ICF, right? <laughs> Like, you guys got me corners in the middle, and that was the extent of it. No, I like, where does it go from there now? Corners, middle, two courses up, and then laser it. And that's it. No, that's easy. No, Homeowners no, can do no, it. Yeah. No, no, no. Let's not where's forget. Where's the rebar? The, where's the webbing? Rebar okay, all right. So there we go. Okay, depending on if it's backfilled one side or if it's frost walls backfilled both sides, that's going to dictate where your rebar is situated. Yep. Okay. And it's all specified by the engineers. Yeah. We're all installers, not specifiers. So whatever it says in the piece of paper is what we have to do. Good point. A lot of people make that mistake. So at this time, Ryan, you're already pouring? No, definitely <laughs> not. And, and, and that's kind of the misconception. And even I, I have to go out of my way to explain it to clients sometimes. It's like, listen, the next two days, it's going to look like we're ready to pour. But, but there's still another week of work to right. put in all the fine details, right? So... Us typically on the traditional side of the houses we're doing with a lot of rebar, it's you're erecting only one side of the form, bracing it, install your windows, install, you know, essentially you're building one side of the foundation, but now you can do your rebar to suit all of this dimension. And uh, once you close the other side, you're getting real close. <laughs> you're not there. Yeah. Oh, I can't tell every trade secret right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. But then with ICF, you're ready to pour. Gotcha. No. The, rebar's, the rebar's in there, you're ready to pour. No. You're not ready to pour. No. What's missing now? Well, your other eight courses, nine courses, windows, window door windows, box, box yeah. door box, uh, string lines. A little bit of framing if you need it, if there's anything funky. Yeah. 
bracing, bracing, strapping, strapping, um, ledger board system. If you're going higher with it, yeah, yeah, uh, there, there's uh, a lot. Cut down for it. suspended slab if you're doing yeah. it that way. Extra rebar for its suspended slab. Are you square? Are you cut? Are you all level at the top? Are you getting you ahead of it? Are there trades? You getting ahead of electrical or HVAC? You preparing certain things for them? Shit like that. Oh, well, you know, like I give them the option. You know, this is my poor date. If you guys want to come in and put your uh, service pipes in, then by all means, go for it. But save them the core. I'm not going to be the one that does it for you because I don't want to fuck that location up. Exactly. You're yeah. not an electrician. You're not uh, a plumber. Right. I'm not so. a plumber. I don't, all I know is shit flows downhill and electricity <laughs> hurts, okay? Yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> That's the important thing to know, <clears throat> to be honest Right? With don't yeah. lick the wall. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, if they show up, they show up. If they don't, well, you know, they're going to core a fucking hole. I don't care. Yeah. But also, once you're poured, you're done. You're stripping bracing where you're stripping all your forms. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Snapping ties. 110%. So I you mean, guys in the back now, of your head. Now, hang on a second. On uh, that, and on that note, um, our boys can blow out of the equivalent foundation doing traditional way faster than ICF. Really? Big team. Yeah. yeah. So team is a part of it, right? Yeah. But I don't well, know if that there, was 100%. There's more to, well, there's more to it than that. you got to remember, we have to take all of the bracing apart, get it all back in the crates. Now, we cheat a little bit. It's not cheating. We just figured out a long time ago that having a boom, having our own boom, mm -hmm. is gold, right? Oh, so oh, yeah. when it comes to these guys doing the strip, Ryan is like, Marp. he's there, boom, we're using the boom to help with the strip. So the guys are just uh, flying, yeah. right? Cheating. In ICF, we cheat a little bit too, where a lot of guys have to drag all their braces down yeah. off the bank and the whole bit and all the blah, blah, blah. It so, ain't cheating if you're winning. Well, we... we <laughs> We, with, with the boom, we just, whoosh, everything goes into the middle. The boys aren't dragging smart. everything off or whatever. And it's then we just smart. pull everything out, goes on the deck, and goes back to the next job or to the yard. So, but that's because we have it for the traditional side. But I, I would say there is not this massive disparity in that ICF is like so much faster or slower. Nope. So folks that are thinking, well, ICF, you're just done with ICF. No, you're not. There's still a fair amount to do, a lot of labor, done screw everything, take it all apart, put it all away, clean everything up. Waterproofing. Right? Yes. Yeah. Waterproofing. Once you get that, that done, it's like, okay, what kind of waterproofing products? What are you going to do? Well, you got to go back to specifications now. Absolutely. You cannot just slap on whatever waterproofing you think you want to use. So on the traditional side, we're patching our tie holes. Of course. So on the ICF side, what's the pre, what would be your side? If you're not you're the waterproofer, priming, right? It's going to be. So you don't have to prime it, but clean. has to be super, super clean uh, for the peel and stick membrane. Um, but there's a lot of people doing spraying now for it, too. Adrian wants no to say something. Adrian wants to say something. Fuck the peel and stick. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry. Right on, buddy. People are getting into spraying now. Peel and stuck is shit. You fucking advanced yeah. coating. Peel and stuck is shit. You spray it, and you fucking walk away. There's a bunch of guys out there that you can call who are really good at this, who have products that are water-based, et cetera, et cetera. They come and they spray the whole thing. Do, do the protection board, do all that fun stuff, whatever specified, and you get a bulletproof foundation. Like, we do not do waterproofing in-house. Like, under our contract, you nothing. Found, you right. found a lane of a person. Right. We refer them, go, hey, if you want, you can use this guy, get all the prices you want. They yeah. do a great job. We use them all the time. And there's a, a couple of reasons for it. One is you put it under your contract. This goes back to running a business. Oh, man, like, I can resell the service, and I can make 800 bucks. Okay, great. Let me know how that works out when they call you in three years. 
and uh, it turns out that something entire detonated. Million-dollar backyard landscaping needs to get right. torn up and, to waterproof. And, there, and yeah. there are three lawyers, because this guy happens to be a giant banker in downtown Toronto, are about to just bankrupt you, and you made 800 bucks. How does that feel? So we just stay away from, if it's not our swim lane, we're out. Like, yep. we, yep. we, we have to be able to add value somehow, some way, and not just like, oh, we're 800 bucks, put it in our contract. The risk's too high. Park that with the people who just do waterproofing is our opinion on that one. Doesn't make sense for us to be accepting okay, that liability. So now we've waterproofed the ICF, yeah. right? Now, is it a different ball game if you're ICFing all the way to the roof line? No, no, nope. still the same, right? So yeah. the waterproof it. Yeah. Okay. Like your below grade stuff, you're yeah. you're waterproofing everything, and then up above there, you're yeah. doing your traditional whatever you're doing, rain screen, blah blah blah, depending on what your exterior finishes are. Have you, Adrian? Have you ever done a roof? Have you gone as far? That's as... That's a real thing, right? Yeah. You can do an ICF roof. Yeah. 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 Have you done one yet? No, we haven't either. I've no. done uh, I've done the insole deck though. Yeah, yeah, insole yeah. deck I, is pretty common. What's what's the insole deck? Uh, it's just been system. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, what's yeah, the span on that? It's uh, it all depends what, like what, what your specified? live loads are. Your what? Sorry, what specified? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's true. It's Everything these you days guys know how to read real yeah, well, yeah, eh? Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> need to be able to read that's <laughs> you, a prerequisite you, know, the, you know again going going back to the whole running a business thing right i had an engineer many years ago great man david cathro older gentleman i think he's retired and i remember him saying to me george if it says four nails you put in four nails even if you think five is better and i'm like why he goes because a lawyer he, his exact words a lawyer will rape your ass and tell you that you're at fault because you put because, a fifth. Because you, you put a fifth nail in there and you didn't follow it and you're not an engineer and we believe that it failed because of that nail. Now, suddenly I wow. have to defend myself at a horrendous cost and prove, bring expert engineers on and everything else on my side to demonstrate and prove that in fact that fifth nail did not contribute. Bottom line is you get pulled in. So if it says... 15 of whatever, you put in 15 whatever, and you're done. Because we're not paid to do the math. We're paid to install. It's that's, risky. That's a good it, point. It, everything is fine until lawyers get involved. The lawyers get involved, everything just goes out the window. I was going to ask you guys before, so we, we kind of finished the ICF wall. Yep. In the back of your head, are you still thinking there might be a void? But you're not exactly sure? Are you confident because you did it the way you're supposed to be doing it? That it's done. There's no voids. There's no nothing. Yeah, I mean, a guy who knows how to pour knows how to pour. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. And, and and again, yeah. I, I'm not an expert ICF guy, but like you say, pouring concrete, it's not ideal, but you're looking in the wall. You can see. You can see the way the concrete's flowing. Yeah. You can see where it's going. You can tell if it gets under a window completely or not under a window or the buck outs. You get, for the most part, you can yeah. you have a good idea how well you did prior to for us on the traditional side it's it's taking off the form so if it's not looking good you're gonna know so you you learn to make sure you don't run into those errors right so i want to ask what are the limitations to icf are there any limitations i know that you mentioned uh there was something that you mentioned about the limitations i guess you know, know, i'd like to also the blind, the okay those spot. arches but again i even said i'm sure there's somebody who can figure that out right <laughs> there's limitations to everything there you yeah. go i've done electrical windows that were uh like 10 feet from side to side out of uh icf really eh? how'd yeah. you do those very carefully <laughs> so uh three layers of uh quarter inch ply took my template 
built it on the ground out of a two by two and then I stuck it up there and then clotted it over in three quarter inch ply and then braced a fuck out of it. There you go. Yeah. Right? Like well, there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, and a absolutely. big and a big part of it, again, this is this experience thing. It's like when the old guys say, We need a little you know, a guy with experience says, We need a little something in that corner. The young guy will go, That looks fine. And the old guy will slap him and say, Go put something in that fucking corner. <laughs> yeah. Because, he's because he's seen it before One and he knows piece of wood makes you know, a difference, it's sort yeah. of like if you get that little tingling in your stomach, a little uneasiness, you go and you do it anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that often is the difference actually at the very beginning I started saying between the guys who are experienced or not and that guys are the lowest price. There's guys out there who are inexperienced who don't understand why it is important to go a little further with the bracing, to go a little yeah. further with all this, to make sure everything is perfect. Mm -hmm. To save money, most of them are renting braces. We own all of our own braces. But because we own our own braces, it doesn't matter if they sit on the job site for four months. There's no rental cost. Yeah. Unfortunately, some guys who aren't experienced are, and, and price it down into the ground are so worried about the rental cost, and they should be because they're going to lose money if they don't get it done, right? They're paying by the day, by the week typically. They, they, you know, okay, instead of putting braces every, maybe the, a particular wall requires every four feet, they might go six, they might go wider, right? They'll, they'll find ways to make it go faster, quicker. They'll take more risks. The problem so is I, when the shit hits the fan, it really hits the fan. So I'm going to just go against that a little bit. Yep. Um, Please. Because, <laughs> well, we, so we actually rent per pour, not per ah, week. Nice. So we have a little bit of a different system. Oh, I like that. That's, that's good. Like that. um, that's, no, that's, a, that's actually a like great way said, of doing it so people don't have to rush. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're taking three months on a foundation, there's yeah, something I'm, wrong. I'm sure you guys right? have that's, kind of like your limit. You that's right. Of time, but that is really a good way of doing it right. because a lot of guys are under a big stress to be like, oh my God, I got to get these things back. Yeah. Wow. And like, then another thing that like we've got lots of contractors that do... Uh, you know, 20 ICF jobs a year that are still renting braces. Yep. They don't have to house them, trailer them. They don't have a Maintain boom truck. Them. Well, if right? you, no I mean, why do, do that. why do we own them all? We have a boom truck. Right. We just stack them like quarter right. week. We can stack them. Well, you guys them. looked at the numbers of efficiency. You right. run your business. That's all it was. For us, right? it, for us it, it would not make sense to go buy a boom unless you had a really big company doing mm -hmm. ICF to, on purpose just to move braces. stuff. Yeah. Right? How did, like, how did the older concrete trades look at ICF for the first time because that's new that's that, that there's no way that's almost that like this is going to hold it's that, like yeah. no this isn't even up for debate anymore that's it like, holds that's like but a, to them it's like there's no way man there, I don't even want to be here I can't be here for the poor man it's, yeah. it, exactly it's like a bear in the woods seeing a mirror yeah, yeah. you know what I mean they, like how did they react to that like how do they exactly like, like, so, yeah. Yeah. we were fucking posers that's how <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, to be honest i okay maybe i have a, a more level head but yeah it was never <laughs> who's doing what job right if the if there is no traditional forming work or i'm gonna learn icf i'm, I'm gonna i but but i wouldn't adapt, see the old right? guys learning this man like i think they would just dismiss yeah. it they're yeah. scientists and they're looking at it going this no work yeah That's, i've had a lot of them Absolutely. laugh at me actually really yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what i oh, see hey, it's styrofoam have uh, they changed their tune since forms. they first did it oh uh, are they still well this is just people i've seen like i haven't seen them well, you after can, that but you, yeah, they, yeah they'd laugh at you i mean you yeah. have to keep in mind manny the traditional concrete forming guys right um, it's there, there is a bunch of work that is, you know, brute, heavy work, that kind of thing. They're working in a certain way, right? ICF is more delicate to work with. Yeah. So the guys Finesse. in traditional have this, I can't explain it. Like you watch the guys that are good, man. Like when they're stripping and stuff and it's like a ballet, almost them like bing, yeah. bing, 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 knocking all the, yep. everything coming apart. 
it's great to watch. But that same kind of sometimes bullish go, 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 go doesn't work in ICF. Mm -hmm. ICF requires more finesse. It requires more carpentry skills. It requires more of that. So the transition, I think, for the older guys isn't one they would enjoy because you're actually, and we, we found this, because we do a lot of sort of high-end, bigger stuff that requires everyone to slow down. We've had guys that worked on the production side and also did custom <clears throat> that when they retired came over to us. And we literally had to tell them to slow down. It's like, stop, slow down. You're going too fast. What? They're used to a pace that is just psychotic. Mm -hmm. So yeah. suddenly you're asking them to slow. Yeah, it, it's lunchtime. It's like, hey, we're almost done. What time's concrete? It's like, oh, we're going to pour it tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, yeah. Well, what do you mean? What do you mean tomorrow? Yeah, why tomorrow? <laughs> There's enough time, time today to pour it. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're Does used the to big the... hand on the watch have a cement truck? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> they're used to... In they're... my world, after experience, it's at 7 a.m. the cement truck pulls Someone right now is going to design a clock for concrete guys that has a big... I hope oh, so. Yeah. I well, hope well, so. Some, There's some a big the, market Some out there. of these guys are literally their entire career used to, you know, every third foundation being like, if not every one, the concrete is like starting That's to flow. Crazy. It's starting to flow in that corner. And they're still buttoning up forms. the foundation. Yeah. They're still That's putting forms insane. in at this end. Yeah. I've, I've Everybody yelling and screaming, all right, fuck up. Like, <laughs> just get, button it up, close it up. The concrete's coming. Everybody's just losing their minds, right? <laughs> Speaking of which, money-wise, like when people are quoting, yeah. are there extremes there? Are you getting jokers in there that their price is so low that you're looking at this going, how the hell is he actually doing this job for that price? Yeah, I've seen lots of that. Yep. There's a lot of that? A lot I, of I that. wonder. I wonder sometimes, but I think it all yeah. comes down to each their own. You want to go work and kill yourself and try to do a good job, or do you want to... But are they it? that low because they just threw the dice? I, I don't even know how they come up with I, these numbers. I think they a don't. lot of it's inexperience. Yeah. That frost wall that I was on, Adam, yep. in Huntsville... Guy came in and quoted for 12K. Demand for ICF is growing, but why? What are its benefits? Well, it's energy efficient and eco-friendly. But more than that, it's easy to use and install. ICF can accommodate nearly every shape that can be done with traditional framing and formwork. And it allows the contractor to complete multiple building stages at once, saving both time and money on the installation. But don't just go with any old distributor. With free quotes, training, and on-site and over-the-phone support, Isometrics has your back. They service contractors across Ontario with their Kitchener location and warehouse of its in-stock products. Isometrics team takes the time to get to know contractors, meaning interested contractors and homeowners alike can get connected with their network of installers, designers, and engineers across Ontario. As one of the leading ICF distributors in Ontario, Isometrics can work alongside you all the way. Whether the job be residential, commercial, or institutional, check out Isometrics with two X's at isometrics.ca and on IG at isometricsicf, and also get in touch with them at isometrics.office at gmail.com. Twelve mm. k. And what was it worth? What was it worth? When I priced it in, it was worth uh, sixty five thousand, but. It's not just frost walls. It's four feet on one side and 16 feet on the other side. Uh, right. So he wasn't looking at the job, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think he knew how to reset a plans. Yeah. You And you've also got guys that are, this is another problem in ICF. There's, there's a lot of sort of standardization of sorts in the industry for traditional. Uh, but in ICF, you've got some guys that quote, just labor. You've got some guys that quote, labor and I'll supply the block or you get the block and I'll supply this. We don't do footings. You frame the blah, 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 blah. It's like, so if you're the person on the other end trying to decipher between everybody, you're looking at the numbers. It's like, what the, 
what is happening you, here? You, you can't. It's not a fair assessment. Right, no. and and it's if, so and, hard and to and put apples beside apples. And unless so you're hard. savvy enough to really ask the questions, this is the thing: the people that dig, like we find, the clients that we get are the ones that do the math, dig, they ask all the questions, and they they dig deep into it, and yeah. they kind of go, "You guys are actually outstanding value for money." It's like, yeah, thank you for doing the math, for adding it all up, <laughs> and figuring it out. Where you've got other people that'll come in, I just need my number to be as little as possible. And I'm going to push off everything I can to the homeowner and make them feel like, no, you just supply all the stuff. You can negotiate the deals. And the homeowner's thinking, oh, great. I'm going to call three concrete companies and get the best deal on yeah. concrete while they're paying 220 meter and we're paying 140. Right. Yeah. Right. St shit like that happens all the time. Block is the same thing. We're buying block all the time. Why the hell would you buy the block? Right. We're going to, we're going to pay less for block. Full stop. Yeah. Yeah, nothing to talk about. But a lot of guys will for the sake of not carrying the cost and all that and looking like they're coming in with a cheap number and let the homeowner or whoever go figure it out, they quote labor only. And Does anybody have a conversation about this is the foundation of the structure that's holding up the structure that your family's inside of your children hey, being yeah. raised? Nobody has that it conversation. It doesn't have red knobs on it. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's, yeah. it's, it's well, dirt. Well, that, that it's thing's going to fall too. I know. I know, but that's they're not seeing that. All they're seeing is the dirt, the yeah. whole... The mess, and it's like it's the foundation. Just get this Go done, pizza, backfill like, like this, this with dirt, right. so that the professional carpenters can come here and they, start building. They my don't house. give a shit because it's all covered up and anyway yeah. at the end of yep. the day. Oh yeah, like someone literally, someone will build a custom home worth I don't know four or five million dollars, and they will literally drop fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars on appliances in a heartbeat, <laughs> without even flinching. Right. Appliances? No, appliance. Well, yeah, 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 literally. Yeah. Here's yeah, your sub-zero fridge for 32K. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and you go to them and go, hey, listen, we, we highly recommend you don't do damp proofing. It's a traditional foundation. Yeah. Don't do damp proofing, and you should be doing waterproofing. Damp proofing is the minimum building code trash. Mm -hmm. No one should do damp proofing, period. It should be waterproof to death. You're building a beautiful home. The cost is well, digging yeah. it up, right? It's, you know, $17,000. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, sure. You're going to damp proof this? Like, are you kidding me? You're building your dream home and to save a couple of bucks? This is when it's going to be the cheapest yes. to do it now. Yeah. And and then they're going to drop like all kinds of, you know, everything on top, landscaping, pool, this, that, yeah. the other, everywhere, yeah. all over the place. Spending and it's millions. like, what happens if the foundation fails because of waterproofing? It's insane. You're going to be scratching your head at that point. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, they'll be complaining to the contractor. And, absolutely. They'll yeah. be calling the concrete. It's like, oh, your foundation yeah. failed. It's like, yeah. oh. Well, we, we have a general rule around our place. We're not always 100% successful at it, but when you're having conversations with people and you're making recommendations about certain things that are like, hey, we suggest you do the following or we recommend you don't do whatever, um, we just send it an email all the time. We try to document yeah. everything possible because everybody conveniently, well, I shouldn't say conveniently, people just forget. Oh, they yeah. never forget. Whether they know or not, three, four Or they don't speak the to their significant other. They yeah. never have a conversation something about anything like to do with anything like right. that. And right, and suddenly it blows up, right? And it's like, if you've got something, then you can go, hey, like we talked about this and here it is. Okay, and all of a sudden it's you're off the hook, right? But if you didn't do that, then you're in trouble. So we try to document everything. Why, why are homeowners approaching the construction process on a negative instead of a positive? Are they just attached to the stereotype that all tradespeople are trying so. to take advantage? So when you're, totally. trying, when you're totally, trying to educate yeah. them, yeah. they think you're trying to sell them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's not the truth. The truth is you're actually trying to educate them yeah. because you want to build a better product yeah. and you want to use better products. Yeah. Why do they come in with their backs up already thinking? Well, we've earned it. We've earned it. Yeah. 
I mean, there's yeah. just how many, how the many shysters are out there yeah. that no, are just a lot. Like, yeah. There's a lot of them, right? So, you know, people You just are had a guard. horror story that you took over. Oh, my God. Right? And how oh, many times do you guys get phone calls to take over? I could show you pictures of a, an ICF job. Oh, yeah. Was hey, can you guys just come and take over this job? And it was like, <laughs> I don't know if I had a homeowner contract. Was it Stevie Wonder Concrete or what? Was it, it was like, Stevie <laughs> Wonder Excavation, Stevie Wonder Concrete, do, Stevie do you know, Wonder Shoring. Do you know what it looked like? Yeah. So this was their actual attempt. When we got the pictures, it was winter. There was, an, there was a mini excavator frozen sideways ditched in the middle of the hole. The initial call came... <laughs> The initial call came in. It's like, no, we think we can salvage most of the walls and stuff. We need somebody to kind of just come finish it off. And I asked for pictures. And I was like, oh, it literally looked like somebody poured the foundation, attempted to pour three quarters of it, got like three quarters of the block up, and then realized, oh, I fucked all this up. And then somebody from the bank with a giant excavator just went, boom, boom, and just started sending shit flying everywhere into piles. Not a giant, like a, like a mini-X in the hole. It wasn't a huge yeah, excavator. No, there, there, but at the there was like a three-ton, like, frozen on its side, kind of in the hole, buried. I don't even know how they were planning on getting it out of here. But I, I'm not kidding. It looked like a bomb went off They're going to call hole. you for your boom. Yeah, and, and I mean, we just said, sorry, like, we can't help you. And we said, you got to start over. There's no saving yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We, yeah, we, never, we didn't look. have anything to do That's with it after that. That's the best thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. 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 At yeah. that point, it's 100%. like, hire a professional excavation company, get them in here, dig a proper hole. If it needs shoring, do the shoring. Yeah. Then you can get a quality foundation yeah. inside the isn't hole. Isn't that what you said, Adrian? Like, when you took over that one job, that you would have been better off if you just demolished everything yeah. and started from scratch. Yeah. yeah. I So would have been better off. And Plus, I mean, it's it peace of mind. It would have been a lot faster, too, because... I would have been done probably 10 days doing it that way. And a I complete was, job. Yeah. 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 If I would have started from scratch one, yeah. like even just take the fucking footings out too, and I'll do all the footings myself. I would have been 10 days. Yeah. But I mean. All right. So kids are coming yeah. into the industry. What are the, the top three key questions that a kid should be asking a seasoned tradesperson? It could be ICF, it could be concrete, it could be any other trade. But what, what questions should be, like, what, what are the three questions they should be asking? I think the first thing should be a statement. A statement. And what's that statement? I don't know a fucking thing. I'm not expecting a pickup truck on Friday. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I have no expectations just, of running a crew. Are you guys DGR car dealership? Apparent, like, what's okay, going on? Yeah, here? we unfortunately <laughs> haven't seen a lot of it, but literally there's there's guys out there. Everybody who, wants a truck? Everybody wants a goddamn truck. <laughs> like a brand new smacking like truck? Uh, like, I, I, I think have. what George is speaking to is like the traditional industry. All, you know, your production companies and stuff like that. Truck, truck, The truck, foreman truck, 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 drives truck. the truck. He picks up the guys, they go to the job site, they come back. But for those key people in those companies, they default have a truck. They don't necessarily, sometimes they can't even park more than two vehicles, right? So they got their family vehicle, they got their work vehicle. Monday yeah. to Friday, I wake up in the morning, I go to work, come home, and then I got a car. Yeah. But Once they, they don't but, have But that. they leave the house like at 4.30 in the morning and they're running around yeah. picking up the crew. No, right. absolutely. But right. you got to like, look at that from, from the outside perspective of like, okay, Okay, I got this great job now, but I got to buy a car. So how much more money am I making? You know what I mean? It's it's just yeah. another thing to look at. Yeah. But here's the best part. Everybody takes those trucks home. I tell people and their jaws just drop. They take the trucks home. Yeah, my, my, my employer gives me a truck. Okay. Does your employer happen to account that on your taxes that you take a truck home? Because every kilometer that's not business related, you're going to get hit for on your taxes. They're like, what are you talking about? It's like, that's... That's a perk. Yeah. So if you've got 10,000 kilometers that were logged on that truck over the course of a year that are documented as business, and, you're supposed and to there's 20,000 kilometers 
on the clock that were run that year. And the cost of having the truck on the road with fuel and all that kind of shit was 20 grand. 10 grand of it is supposed to go on your income taxes and you're mm-hmm. supposed to pay tax on that as income. Yeah. Know, nobody does it. Nobody knows it. Nobody yeah. knows it. Hopefully more people pay attention to it. Ask your accountant is all I got to say. I'm not making this shit up. In Canada, that's the case. You, you're supposed to be paying taxes on that. So what's happening? Companies are getting audited. They dive into it. What are all these trucks? Who drives them? Where are the logs? These things go home. Yeah, this guy takes this home. This guy takes that home. Okay, great. Company has been writing them off entirely. We're taking away all those deductions. You have to pay back all the HST plus the interest penalties, the whole bit. And the person who's taking the truck home now has to pay taxes on all of that retroactively for all that time. Oh, that's just how it works. Holy shit. Nobody knows that. It was like, oh man, I got a free truck. No, it's not free, buddy. You're going to get busted. <laughs> so that's not everybody does, but if it happens, if it oh happens and, and yeah. the way yeah. our government is these days, yeah. they're coming knocking for sure because yep. they need the money. So that's the first yeah. thing statement. What are the other questions? New kid coming into the industry. What should they be asking? What time do we start? Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> back to the back to the clock with the What time should I be hand. here at? Yeah. It's basic stuff. And you're looking to see if they show up early or not. Mm-hmm. Right? You, you if they ask the if question. If they show up at that time. Yeah. And if they show up at six forty five in the morning, great. And the next thing that comes out of their mouth is like, Hey, good morning, everybody. Just out of curiosity, time we're gonna be done today. Okay, you're just yeah, fired. Go yeah, home. Yeah. Leave. Worst thing you can say. Yeah, what 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 time are you done today? My mom made me a dental appointment I got to get to. Jesus Christ. Like, it's just savage. Come here. I'm going to knock out your teeth. You don't need I, the appointment I know. anymore. It's kind of nuts. So th- there's stuff that none of us, because I mean, everybody's sitting at the table's a little bit older, but there's nothing. It's stuff that none of us would have ever said out loud. You would because, never ask. Because yeah. if you said that out loud 30 years ago, you'd probably knocked out cold, right? Then they'd pick you up, throw you in the truck, and still force you to work the full day, and you'd do it. Well, yeah. the first time, I guess, he would have showed up in his Uber with hockey cards in the spokes, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> So what's the other question that they should be asking? I want these kids to listen to this well, and understand I, I, because there are, I think there's a lot of good kids out there, right? Absolutely. Yeah. There yeah. are. There's a lot of great kids that yes. unfortunately are being written off. Yes. And they, they really Because you're being be. grouped with. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, it, we can't group them all together. There's no, a lot of it's great, not fair. You great give them girls and guys out yes. there who just want a chance. But they as well, if you give them a chance, they got to step up. They Any gotta thoughts, step Adam? Up. Are the questions they should be asking? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I've never uh, never hired a young young kid. I don't know. Everyone I've hired, I knew them. You're just discriminating? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, I, I've just never run into it. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Well, I, th- I think one of the things is, uh, I mean, it might actually take some experience, but if they can already recognize, it's like, do, what do I need for tomorrow, let's say, mm-hmm. the, the day before they start? Yeah, it's like, a great question. do I need a pouch? Do I need a hard hat? Yeah. Do you guys yeah. supply that stuff? Yeah. Like, what tools do I need to bring to the You table? don't necessarily need to show up on the first day with stiletto. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. That's you know. 150% true. Are, are I've always wanted one. I look at them, I'm like, oh, I'm going to destroy it. Yeah. And, and another one is is really quite simple is, is um, do I need any safety certificates to, you know, a lot of kids out there that want to get into the game. And if they want to get into the construction game, there's certain certificates they can go do on their own. You know what? You're talking to a potential employer. And you can say, hey, proactively, I, I, I went out. I went out and got. I've got my, you know, follow rest. I got Wimis, this. I got yeah. that. I working got WMS. I working at heights. Whatever. I mean, the, as soon as someone says that, it's like, huh, okay. Well, any good company is already going to provide that opportunity Absolutely. for an employee that's yeah, actually taking sure. the initiative. Yeah. But if you show up on your first day, first week, oh, by the way, I already have that. Yeah, we, we had a guy that did that. 
It's yeah. like we asked him in advance. Like, hey, you got. Do you have it? Is it expired? Like he was a season. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah. No, it's laminated. actually. You know what? It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is expired. <laughs> yeah. It's like okay, we'll figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. But and he, then by he the took ta- the initiative. I think to... there was a weak gap there. Totally. He yeah. went, took his own time, got that certification. So he's like, hey, don't worry about the working heights. I relaminated it. <laughs> <laughs> I changed the date and relaminated yeah. it. <laughs> No, which brings me to safety now, right? So obviously yeah. you guys, it's the hard trade. It's dangerous one job. of the hard yeah, trade. It's a dangerous job. trade. Very dangerous. Machinery over your head. Hard hats are a must. Like, it's just everyone needs to be aware of stuff. Safety viz, high viz. Like, it's this is all important stuff. Yeah. And I think just common sense comes into play as well, yeah, too. Absolutely. Yeah. So just you got to have safety conversations. Super important. I think probably one of the biggest, I have a real problem with this, Um and what it is, is that if you look at all the boys and girls on the commercial side, they're following the rules. They have no choice, right? right? They're, they're following the rules. They're, they're being policed all the time. Yeah. They're being policed all the time. And then you've got guys, again, this comes down to cutting corners. Then you've got companies out there, some of them doing great work. And it's like, hard hats? No, they wear baseball hats. Uh, they might have work boots on their feet, but, you know, the scaffolding supposed to be like double planked and some instances supposed to have railings and shit. No. Single plank all the way around, like we're just pouring in, we're out. Like they cut those corners, and unfortunately, nobody likes to be policed. But man, some of the stuff we see, it's like, come on! Like you can just go on Instagram and you can see the stuff. It's like, are you kidding me? This is basic. How long ago was it that rebar sticking out of footings with no protection? Yeah, caps were not on them. Like how it's not that long ago. No, right? that was like oh, when did. Instagram got created. I think it's like four or five years yeah. you're talking about yeah. that. You started yeah. seeing protection caps, All, right? Yeah. A lot more, right? Yeah. You start posting yeah. stuff. You got everybody, hey, man, watch out for that. Watch out But to your that. point, yeah. it's true. It's just like on the commercial sites, because they have a lot more eyeballs on them, Oh yeah, you see it more often. But on custom resi, you don't see it as often. Right. And, and what I think drives that to a certain extent is, again, it's like if I can come in and I can get this done, a, a two-week job in, 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 and make it instead of being the full 10 days, I can do it in nine by not doing this and that and this and that or whatever, and we can just hustle through, well, I can be like a little bit cheaper or make that much more profit. But the thing, again, that a lot of folks don't understand, they think, oh, well, I've got, you know, liability insurance and all this, that, and the other. Somebody gets hurt, you know, WSIB, I'm covered. Sorry. Doesn't work exactly. Sorry. Like you, there's a fatality on your job site and it's related to negligence on behalf of the company, you're finished. Yeah, mm-hmm. You're done. You're the supervisor. You're done. It's your responsibility to make sure everybody's safe. Hard hats, all the rest. So you got guys out there that are risking it for the biscuit, not realizing that everything you've spent the last 20 or 25 sure. years working for could vanish in a second if there's a fatality and it's, it's, it's due to safety and it's the company's fault. Never mind people getting hurt right yeah. like it's, it's like oh my god like i i think about that all the time like if there was a serious injury man we think about it constantly whether it's i was there i seen it or not it's like oh my god but it's not even so much got hurt seri- working like, for me it's not so much serious injuries as much as there's chronic injuries as well chronic too injuries, right yeah. yeah so the moment you and it's like you can get in our trade you can get a tweak you can do something to a knee lower back arm yeah. shoulder yeah, totally that basically it, it stops you from continuing working in this industry. And then it's not, it's not something that's repairable either, right? So you got to watch out for that stuff. Yeah. Well, when I, I'm 56. So when I started off in the well, trades... it's good to have someone here that's a little bit older than me. There you go. <laughs> when, it, when, I, when I started off in the, uh, in the trades, initially carpentry, that kind of thing, I worked with all, all the old guys. My dad was a carpenter. I was actually very fortunate. I had a whole bunch of old guys who loved 
to throw things at me. They should have been baseball players. You were just told once, man, after that, like whatever was close by, maybe not their hammer because they had to keep working. But man, if there was a two by four that was less than three feet, it's, it's coming at you. You're getting it. It's you're gone. getting it. It's coming at you. You're told once after that, you better learn or you're mm-hmm. done. Right. So I, I learned real quick about that. And the safety thing was kind of, you know, blasted into you in the whole bit to a certain extent. Although them having a glass of wine at lunch seemed to be perfectly normal. You know what? I, I, I don't, talk, still to I this talk day about this a lot, though. I safety, I, right? Yeah. Safety, the rules, the courses, all of this stuff. How much value does that bring between the guys watching out for each other? Like compared to, I should say, not, you know what I mean? Yeah. You could take every safety course and everybody sits there and half the guys are sleeping and... uh Okay, we did the safety course. The next day somebody gets hurt at work versus that group of people that are working together, watching out for, hey, man, watch out. That that piece of wood's loose. Hey, there's a nail sticking out I over there. I think that's far that's more the, important. That's by far the yeah. most important Than just important regurgitating thing. safety protocols. Yeah. Yeah. But it's crew. funny because the safety courses don't emphasize that part of it, right? Yeah. Okay. And I'll go back to the alcohol. You absolutely okay, should. Listen, I want to go back to the alcohol. Yeah. A glass of wine at lunch during the workday. I know it's 100% illegal. Yeah. But I don't see anything wrong with it. Right. No. That's just me. That's just me. Because any other profession in the industry, you tell me that they do not go to lunch and have a meeting and go talk and have a beverage and then go back to work You're not and wrong. do that. Yeah. Yep. Right? There's like, it, it just, I'm not saying you're getting drunk, but to have a glass of wine, yeah. I think in that famous photo on the high, the skyscraper <laughs> in New York, I'm pretty sure those lunch boxes that were next to them, there may have been a little bit of a bottle there of something. There may have been something. Well, the, any, every single one of them. Yeah. Well, do you know what's the interesting thing is there are, there are companies out there and we know for a fact, some of them are concrete forming companies, even local. Um, guy smoking a joint. While that's, he's working, that, that's another thing that that seems to be okay somehow. It's like I don't know. Would I be walking around with a beer? Would that be all right while I'm working? No, see, like, that, you know, I would draw the line at that, right? Yeah, I would. We're, we're very strict about it. Like yeah. none of that shit goes on in our shop. I mean, yeah. it's pretty much like you're done if that ever went. Like nobody's mm-hmm. smoking a joint. No one's drinking anything. Like we're very because if strict, someone does a lot get of hurt, like that's oh, that yeah. becomes the reason. Right. It doesn't yeah. matter about right. anything else. Right? Yeah. Well, and it's and it's if Buddy wants to smoke a joint do something dumb, hurt himself, accept full responsibility for it, and it doesn't wipe out the company, which wipes out then all the employees and, and impacts all their families. Families. Right? Yes. And or Buddy does something dumb, seriously injures or kills his coworker. Thanks that for, goes back to Ryan's point thank, about Thanks how for that, Buddy. Thanks it, for that. You're selfish act. It's the group it's of the people that work to together watch every day. each other's backs, right? No, right. right. And no. he's like 150% right on the mark. That is the most important thing. And you know how you know the system is completely flawed? You put 50 guys in a room to take whatever course. God damn, doesn't everybody always pass? <laughs> Yeah, how does nobody ever how fail? How does nobody <laughs> ever fail? They take your money, you watch some videos. Yeah. What'd you get? Yeah. <laughs> there is a, t- please tell me where there is ever a 100% pass rate in every course that's taught. Oh, I know where. Politics. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like, how is it that everybody always passes? No, I, and that's why I rather, like, that camaraderie, like, that group 
yeah. brotherhood, sisterhood, yeah. that that collective, that's yeah. far more important. That's what should happen. You should actually do the test on the job site. You should probably be a supervisor watching the collective, the group, and, and doing a, a procedure. Absolutely. Yeah. And then marking it and going, it's never going to be 100. Someone's going to misstep or mistake or or do something wrong. And you go, well, you took two. It's no different. Like, you guys taking motorcycle uh, tests? Yeah. 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 Like you go out the, out the line, you get a mark off against you. Like you, you go too slow, oh, you yeah. get a mark yeah. off yeah. against Heavy you. Heavy truck testing, it's any same of that Same thing, stuff. all that yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. So yeah. it should be the same way feel. with training. Right, every trade I think should be that way. Yeah, totally. But my, yeah. my dad, my dad was a licensed carpenter and a damn good one. Um, way, way back in the day, I remember asking my dad, "Was it difficult for you to become a licensed carpenter?" He said, "No, it cost me fifty dollars." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "What?" Piece of paper laminated. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> laminated he paper. Said, man. He said it cost me fifty dollars. He said everybody in his class passed. Passed. Gold and, star passed. Yep, and and the the back in the day they needed the labor bad, and they had a lot of hardworking Europeans who showed up, which they knew were going to work their asses off mm-hmm. and get it done. So they was kind of like, eh, and they let everybody pass, and everyone just happened to give the instructor fifty bucks, which was a lot of money back in the day. I'm sure the instructors did quite well, but those were the men and women who, primarily men then, who did in fact go out hustle hard and work their asses off. So yeah. I mean, they got it done. They if they had to learn on the job, whatever, they got it yeah. done. There was no yeah. passes at, when you hit the job site. But that's what kind of went on back in the day. But 100% pass rate on safety. Uh, to me, the guy's rolling out of the truck, hopefully half awake, having a three-minute little talk before everybody like officially kind of gets to work to just have a quick conversation about safety. We'll do exponentially more doing that each day than all the safety courses you're going to take. Because then everybody, it's on their mind, and everyone's mm-hmm. watching out for one another. That's a win in my books. I agree with you. Yeah. Educating tradespeople to understand that that person next to you yep. is more important. You're responsible for that person. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Their lives, their family, their everybody. And and you know what? The inspectors who come out, I mean, the guys that will come out and inspect, you know, in the States, it's OSHA and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, for us, when the Ministry of Labor comes out, um, it's interesting that if they see you're actually putting in the effort, they don't pick on you. Very they'll, different. They'll outcomes. respect yeah. you differently. Yeah. They'll totally. They'll look at you and go, they go, Hard hats, yes. double planking. Okay, maybe there should be scaffolding all the way around, but there isn't. But my God, you guys are like, look, the site is clean. There's this, there's that, blah, 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 blah. You guys are doing 50 times more than everybody else. You guys are actually putting in a solid effort. They're like, hey, man. And then if you simply ask the inspector while he's there, hey, look around. What could we do better? Mm-hmm. Pick their brain. Let them point out a couple things, right? Huge win. Yeah. But they're actually a resource. It's true. They're not actually, in my opinion... When they're they're out, not the bad guy. Yeah, Enforcement. When they're, when, like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. When they're out busting somebody, they're trying to keep people safe and alive yeah, because right. people do the most asinine things. And again, on the residential side, the stuff that goes on is just savage, right? But on the commercial side, unionized side, way cleaner show. Much better. The resi side needs to clean its act up. I want to ask you, gentlemen, the future of ICF. Where is it going to evolve next to? Is it evolving? How is it? How can it evolve? It's absolutely evolving. Yeah, yeah. constantly evolving. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, dollars to donuts, man. Like, a, it's it's replacing slowly. It will right? exceed traditional, right? Yeah. Can I we mean, all in, agree in that? the building I envelope? Yeah, I think that yeah, it's it's a better system, like you say. You know, maybe styrofoam is going to get cheaper. We could insulate our well, man, traditional think walls. About it. Or, building code changes the moment the moment that a requirement is put out there that there needs to be continuous blah, 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 foam or whatever on the outside all the way up, traditional's finished. Yeah. As soon as that's, if that's mandated, 
traditional is done because the math will suddenly work out that to do a traditional foundation and then to mechanically fasten and do everything on the outside of the wall that's required, you start adding all that up. And I guarantee you, ICF will be cheaper. And faster. Yeah. Right, period. Like, I mean, way cheaper. So building code changes, traditional is dead. Any other thoughts on future of ICF? Don't let me add to that. The building that? code probably won't change that quickly because we actually need everybody who's putting foundations in the ground. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like they're going to do the math. The folks who pull the, you know, the strings and stuff will do the math and go, well, we can't just mandate this now. We got to bring it in slowly. No, you got to transition we need, it, right? We got to transition it slowly. That transition is happening. Go up north. Everything's ICF. Like it's rare to see a foundation that's traditional. That's and how you're seeing it up there as well, too. Yep. Oh, yeah, totally. And, and as you come further, further south, like it, you know, <clears> when there's a lot more foundation companies kicking about, they're doing traditional. Well, you know, that's an obvious. They're just continuing to do the same thing. But it's it's changing. It's really starting to gain a lot more traction. Well, I think in that, like the future of ICF, right? So more companies are going to start manufacturing or, or producing blocks. There's going to be different block suppliers and this and that. And just like all the beginning of our conversation about running companies, it's like, who can make it now an easier product to install? Yep. You know, something that, that goes it's together. It's already easy. DIYers could do it. You can do it yourself. All you need is a, <laughs> a measuring tape and a level, right? Yeah. Don't even need measuring tape. Yeah. yeah. I heard that. We, we actually My joke. My yeah. We actually joke, uh, joke occasionally that there are, well, all the blocks have, um, all the different manufacturers have weaknesses and strengths. It's sort of like, can we just get them all together in a room sitting around this round square table? And can you guys just like take all your patents and shit and just put them in the middle and pick the best of each one and make like the block? Can, can that happen? Will that happen? No. I'm sure, egos, I'm sure egos will get in the way. Well, of yeah. course they would. Right. But there, there, are, there are aspects that each manufacturer has that, that kick another one's ass. And everyone's got, it's like they all have their strengths. Yeah. Are they patent? Like, are there patents? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's what I 100%. thought it was. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're patented to death. There's actually a tremendous amount of technology and engineering and stuff that goes into these things. It's oh, not yeah. just like two random pieces of styrofoam with some plastic in the middle. Like there's No, there's there's a lot put into it. It's, boy, there's a lot put in it. It's actually yeah. a very impressive product, almost regardless of the manufacturer. That's just a fact. Like they've done a great job. It's come a long way. It's come a long way. Still still has more to go, but it's come a long way. I for myself, I just build an ICF for myself. So what does that tell you? Yeah, it's just it makes a lot of sense, right? Right. I'm a partner. I've in never a, done in a one concrete yet. company. Yeah. Everything I do for myself, I, I do an ICF because I, I, I really feel strongly about the product. You walk the talk better. there, George. Yeah. Well, but having said that, um, current currently doing one for myself, and it's actually a hybrid. There's aspects of it. This is one of the big strengths we bring to the table. We can do hybrid foundations. Interesting. So you can take the. So what components are you doing? ICF so there, and so not? there are structural components on the interior of the building that need to be concrete for structural strength, but don't need to have styrofoam on them. Got it. Right. So there's a lot of things that we can do traditionally on the interior of the building, which is less expensive and faster, which we can whack together doing traditional, and then bring the benefits of the ICF where it makes sense. So we've had projects that we've taken that have been fully done in ICF, and said, "Hey, this, 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 and this, traditional." They're like, what? Go, oh, yeah, we, we can do that. We can actually bring the price down if we do these aspects in traditional and do all the stuff that matters thermally, right, to the building. Yeah, it makes sense. And do all that in yep. ICF. Like, why are we doing all this stuff on the inside in ICF? Mm -hmm. But a lot of companies don't have the ability to do that. 
Um, and sometimes it doesn't make that big of a difference. It really depends on the project. It depends on the foundation. But, um, you know, I, I, for example, on mine, I have aspects of mine, which I, I did traditionally, just because we're kind of able to. But still, ICF is super flexible. You can do so much with it. I, I really like the product. Did a garage. And after that, it was like, okay, that's it. Like, it was just right away. It was just insane how efficient it was. I heated all winter. It was, it was a decent-sized garage. It makes a huge difference. I, huge was, difference. I mean, I can heat it with, a, like a, like, with like something smaller than a toaster, for God's sake. Like, mm-hmm. the thing would stay at, like, 50 degrees forever, all winter long, and minus I, 40. I love science and it's construction. Crazy. I love that you can build something and do something, do a detail, and all of a sudden see a cause and effect to it. Like it, you can, and, and trades people know this more. And unfortunately they know it more than the people that are signing off on, I guess, permits and drawings and designs and homeowners. I think that they know them a lot more than them. Right. Yeah. Well, there are too many. They won't listen to us. There, there's endless numbers of folks that call. We're trying to sell them on an idea, right? That's the, that's the problem with homeowners, not. We're not selling. We're educating. That's what we're trying to do. Like, wouldn't you want to listen to somebody that's done it a dozen times? Listen, there's people that do. That listen great. No, there's more people that don't. I know. Exactly. I want to listen to the people, boots on the ground, the ones that have done it several times. I may listen to the person that's done it one time. Yeah. Based but, on their but have you been in the scenario where, where you're asking advice of somebody, something you don't really know about, you know a little bit, and you can already smell some kind of BS coming through. And it's like, I don't know much, but I know that you're full of shit, right? Like I, it's, 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 that's why people are like that, right? It's because you can only, I forget the saying, I, I can't remember right now. We'll, we'll get people that are calling in. It's fantastic. You know, we get some drawings. Yeah, I'm building a home in South Oakville, blah, blah, blah. It's, you know, 60, blah, blah, blah. It's like a $3 million, $4 million home build or something. So who's building it for? I'm doing it myself. What? Yeah. Yeah. What? What's the primary reason why they say that? They want to save costs? They don't they, want they, 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 they want to save the management save fees and right. all the rest. And I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, okay, an experienced builder is going to be going bananas working their ass off to manage that thing, being there full time to pull yeah. that thing off properly. And somehow you and your significant other who have full time jobs and yep. three kids and four dogs and all this and have to go to work every day, or you're going to some, you think you can quarterback this shit? I'm sorry, you can try, but I guarantee you, you're not going to win. You're going to lose. You may not realize it, but by the end of the job, you will have spent more mm-hmm. and probably be divorced. And I can tell you, I've seen a lot of people, by the time they get to the end of it, have lost their jobs because they're not present at work because shit's on fire at their build. It's a problem. When they don't know what they don't somebody know. somebody that yeah. actually knew how to do all this stuff and they, they have no clue. Care of it, but yeah. they don't want to know it. They don't want to be told it by, by people that are wearing blue collars. You get people calling to say, well, you know, when you get the, you got to get the surveyor in to pin the, what? Surveyor? What's the surveyor for? Oh, my God. Yeah. So where do you think we're putting the footings? Like, how do you think we're supposed to know down in that hole exactly where, the, where it's all yeah. going? <laughs> right? We're not doing this in the middle of a field where I, we can I'm be. I'm telling you, yeah. Looks good. Yeah. 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 Looks pin good. Here. Yeah. Looks good. This is, okay, man, this that's is, the one corner. This <laughs> is common. This is common. It is absolutely insane. People spending huge amounts of money, it's common. So my favorite thing to do is when people call, oh, we're... So I always ask, you know, where's the job? Where's the job? How big is it, et cetera? What's your timeline? When do you expect to get permit? So we're typically booked pretty far out. So I feel a lot of calls where folks are, um, like, we're just not able to service them, right? But I like to try to educate them because I just kind of like teaching and stuff. So I start asking questions. 
it's clear they don't know a goddamn thing. I've already told them, I can't do your job. Like, we cannot do your job. We're booked. Like, maybe next year, if you want to book for next year, we can pull it off. I'm a professional speaking to you. Yeah. So at that Let's point... Take when it for what it's worth, right? <laughs> at, at, yes. at that point, I will literally say out loud, so I'm not doing... Your, like, we're not doing your foundation. We can't. Now, now, can I give you a little advice? No, you can't. And no, a, a lot of them are actually like, absolutely. We, we've actually had somebody post a review... That said, I just got more information talking to someone on the phone from DGR, um, helping me with my build when they told me they can't even do it and spent like an hour on the phone with me giving me advice, right, from experience. Compared to what? They Googled? Well, they, what happens is people are like, they call around, they, they're just trying to fake it, right? So I'm trying to help people, but the second is not selling you something that's not a conflict of interest. It's like, I'm legitimately trying to help you. And it's incredible how little people know and they've decided because they just think as we all know sitting at the table they can hire an electrician a plumber pick all the trades and that somehow miraculously they're all going to talk to one another and all the bases are covered and we know that there's massive holes between every single trade and what the builder brings to the table is the ability i refer to it as the crazy glue or adhesive to pull it all together fill in the gaps and make everything stick as soon as you don't have that you're fucked it's a problem yeah Big problem. Big, big problem. So I try to convince people, it's like, think hard about this because you don't know what you don't know. And all I have to do is 30 seconds of discussing a few odds and ends about the foundation. And they just quickly start to realize. I'm way over my head. I'm way over my head. Like we're talking about the foundation and I had no idea that I'm going to have to deal with possibly pumping water or wait, I got to get the survey in for what? Or, you know, there's all kinds of stuff like that. And they just haven't got a clue. Right, they just have no clue. Power, site protection. You know, hey, you have a fence. Uh, talking to excavators, uh, how many times they pull up? It's like people don't even yeah. have a bathroom, bathroom. right? Yeah, yeah. no fence, no proper bathroom, <laughs> no nothing. It's like they, oh, what I got to do this, and all of a sudden they're on the phone. You know, I mean, while the trade is sitting there going, yeah, this is great. The poor guy in the excavator now, what he's, what's he going to do? He has to get in his truck, go to Tim Hortons, stop digging the hole because you didn't get a bathroom there. And some guys just leave. No bathroom. See ya. And, and yeah. you know what? Go to the next one. I'm out. I encourage you to. Yeah. I think the bare basic, it should be a bathroom there on yeah. site, right? Bare basic. Crazy. When yeah. did you guys look at your business and realize that you guys achieved a successful business? We're still working on yeah. it. I was going to say. Do you ever? Do you ever <laughs> well, really that's so sorry. Yeah. It's a trick question. That's, yeah. the, that's the answer I'm looking for. Yeah, exactly. The, the learning. Adrian, the, you feeling the same way? Yeah. I mean, my bills are paid. That's yeah. a good start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah. Yeah. You know, I still work 16 hours a day, but. That's insane. You're lone wolf. You can't do that. What if you do get hurt? You know what? I'm not dumb. Do you, do you have a sense of like, at the end of the day, it must feel good every day. Cause it's like, man, I, what I accomplished today, it, nobody I, else could do this. I right? the, oh fuck. I'm hurting. Yeah. It's, that looks fucking good. Yeah. But. I have third-party insurance that if I were to get hurt, mm -hmm. I'm covered. Yeah. For yeah. now until I die. You know, I've got, I've been smart with my money. I've invested. But you would still miss the construction part of your life, right? I would. But, I mean, if I fucked up that bad, then maybe I shouldn't be doing it anymore. Well, or and, and take a little more time. And there, and there is the thing, too, like if all of a sudden you weren't able to do it, but if you've got the insurance and you've got that piece covered, well, what does that buy you? That buys you time to recover without losing your house. Mm -hmm. And peace of mind. 
and, and peace of mind. And then now gives you the opportunity to go, well, I've got this great business I'm working very hard at. So now, you know what? I'm going to change gears. I'm not going to be the guy in the field, but I'm going to take yep. everything I know in the experience. I'm going to hire a couple of people and mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to change how my, and this is part of the, everyone out there needs to be thinking <clears throat> about if shit, if this happens, what am I going to do? If that happens, what am I going to do? What does this mm-hmm. look like? If you don't think about it, then you're just the future's bitch. Yep. Yeah. Right. You got to be thinking about it. It's super important. That brings me to um, everyone gets into this business, but everyone gets out of this business. Yeah. You got to start thinking about retirement. You got to start thinking about how you're leaving this business. Isn't the strategy, only way yeah. to retire being part of the union? <laughs> <laughs> and that was Ryan. Just want to clarify the voice. <laughs> no, but everyone is, and I certainly believe, and I honestly believe that, that uh, everyone that gets in this business is a teacher and it tries to teach and share as much as they can to the next group of kids that are coming into the industry. That's part of your retirement exit plan, right? You should take a conscious effort or make a conscious effort to actually find some kids that go, listen, ask me any question, come to my job site. This is my last year. This is what I'm going to be doing. This is what I've been through. This is what I've learned. This is what you should consider. Like, I think that we're all responsible for doing that. That's yeah. a party. That's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's yep. the give back, right? Yeah. yeah. You have well, to do you, that. You have to ask yourself two questions. I did this when I stopped building, but way before then I had to make a decision. Am I building a business that's me? George Rodriguez, like I'm the brand. I'm the thing that people are hiring. Da, 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 da. What Adrian's doing, he gets hired because the dude like just goes out and crushes it and gets it done, and people want to hire him and they love his work, so he's super successful at it, right? He's his own brand. This guy, right? So you have to ask yourself that question: Am I building a company whereby when I go, the company just folds up and it's done, and I'm good with that, which is what I did, and then decided to go on to just you know do some other stuff, or am I building a business that is saleable? Those are the two streams. Full stop. Do you not think that every business is saleable? No. No? No. My business that I had was not saleable because I was the entire company up here. All my, everybody just wanted me. Got it. Period. There was no like, who's this guy? No, no, no. I want this guy because that's, I was the guy always, right? So if you don't build a business that has different swim lanes and different people that are doing different things and it can run without you, if it can't run without you, right, it's not saleable. It's true. So those are the two things to look at. Either I'm just riding this out until I'm done and I'm good with that, or I am building a company that I can sell. And then you can rip it apart and go, what does that look like? If I wanted to buy a business, what do I need to see? Then you got to build that, right? If you're not building that, then it's just going to fold up with you. Pick the stream. Have you thought about that, Adrian? Yep. And uh, actually, I'm in the midst of opening up a new company. There you go. And... uh, uh, 100% for building the spec homes. Uh, Going to do a couple of estate subdivisions and beautiful. That's it. Yep. Fantastic. When that's done, I'll either hopefully be able to hand it down to my kids if they want it. If not, yep. Shut down or it goes to highest bidder. Yep. Yeah. Like you just you know because the the reality is that you just have to think. The easiest way to do it is to go. If I was buying a company, if I was buying a concrete forming company or whatever. Um, what would I want to see to justify me writing a check for seven figures? Yeah. Right. That's how you got to think about it. Mm -hmm. And if I wouldn't write the check for seven figures for my business, then I'm clearly doing it wrong. Right. Like you have to be able to yourself, look at what you're doing and understand why it's saleable. Cause I've had conversations with folks who think their business is worth an absolute fortune. 
And they don't like it when I look at them and go, your business is worth the tools and equipment that are in it, full stop. That's it. Your client yeah. list is worth fuck those, all because they right. want you. They want, yeah. Yeah. And basically all your shit, whatever it's worth on Kijiji, that's the that's, value of your company, full stop, not worth anything else. And they never like hearing it, but it's a fact. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. just the bottom line. They don't like hearing it. They don't like seeing it either, right? Yeah. yeah. But that's how they built it. Right. right. So if you don't want that, just build something different. That's all. It is possible to do, but you've got to be strategic and you have to work out hard but at it and all yeah, that There's stuff. a lot in construction where like entrepreneurship and everything is, there's no pension waiting for us. There's no, no you got to make your own. There's no old age security waiting for us. No. There's no investments for us. You have to just start doing your own education and figuring out what you want to do for your, it's an exit plan. There is an exit plan. After you've educated and shared what you can, yep. you want to go enjoy your life now. Uh, whether we all know that that means you're just going to be tinking around at your own house and building your own things and taking care of that, then great. No more clients, but then your exit plan and you got to have your security because we cannot count on the government for our security, right? No, nobody should. I mean, so right. you, you got a kid exactly. coming into the business right now. What do we tell this kid? Yeah. Now, listen, I, I get your kid. You're 20 years old. You're coming into this business. Yeah. You have a perishable trade because in 50 years, your body will be a little broken, mm-hmm. a little broken. Um, you should be considering how to get out of this business and still have a, a life that you can travel and enjoy right. and Absolutely. do everything physically and mentally. And, right? and you know what's out there, which steers, in my opinion, a lot of folks in the wrong direction. It depends on what stream you want. But, um, and this isn't speaking against the unions because unions do bring a lot of really good stuff to the table. They really do. Of course. But all you have to do is do a little Google search on how many unions may have not kind of worked out so well and the pensions have disappeared and gone bankrupt yeah. or whatever. Holy crap, you're bringing that. Yeah, that's we a thing. We just talked about that today. We're that's, too many. Right? That's, that's actually we a thing. And like, don't take my word for it. Like, just do a Google search. It'll all start popping up, right? And, and there is, an, I know people who worked for huge companies way back in the day that thought they had this massive pension and stuff went sideways and they ended up with virtually nothing. Yeah. My father-in-law was one of them, right? It's like he was supposed to, you know, and all of a sudden the whole thing, the company got sold and this and that happened all of a sudden everyone's standing around going, what the hell happened? I thought I had this great pension. So I guess the point I'm trying to get at is even if you have a great pension, do yourself a favor, pretend you have no pension yeah. and make your own pension and build that. And then well. if you're double dipping, beautiful, but do it's not, a bonus. do not yeah. count on a union pension or anything to fulfill your dreams in old age. And I, I think what built these unions and, and this whole mentality is, is the lack of a, available information in the days that these unions really gain power right nowadays with the internet computers banking financial advice like there's so many options you have to to work with your money yeah versus you know not necessarily knowing the the language that well or anybody and you go talk to one person at your local bank and are you going to trust them completely wouldn't that's your only option if like contractors can actually just pull together and and study what to do yeah and work together as it and try something this is the tool yes if everybody just does this yes everybody will be fine by the time you're yes you know. and it, keep an eye on it it would right? be great but right. do, you, do you know what stops that from happening i know what ego i know ego <laughs> i know better yeah. than everybody else my big yacht already no one's gonna tell me nothing blah 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 and it's like okay buddy whatever you want right but why why do we have this why have the unions, the, the construction unions done really quite well? And to be honest, a lot of people, my father was with Local 27, raised a family, my mom worked as well, had a beautiful house, cars, retired with money, he was smart with his money, invested, all that kind of fun stuff, so it all worked out great for them. 
that is the story for a lot of families. The union helped keep these people from being taken advantage of. They played a, a very special and strong role. They did a great job. It's different job. times, though, nowadays. It's, yeah, it's right? different it's times. scary times. And but I, just but like, I think right now, the thing that a lot of people forget, for example, is like, we our compensation is, I think, if not equal to, in some instances, even better than the union. Because the reality of it is, if you don't pay your people, like, if you're working in an environment in an area where the union is right across the street, if you're not paying your people over here the same or more than they can go get at the union over there, why on earth would they work for you? They'd walk across the street and work for the union shop. But I'm seeing that a lot of independent companies like yourselves, that you guys are offering those rates competitive to the union. Yeah, it's 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 you the rates, to. it's you're, RSPs. You're not being, you're not being blasphemous to the union. No, you're not just at all. saying that your skill set is worth this much. Right. So your your group of employees is making the same amount as the yeah. union. The, the union is establishing what is the, this is the amount of money that you folks should all be making. So for us, it's like, well, why should they, if they're working for us on this side of the street, be making any less? So we have RSPs. We have a robust you know, medical plan and dental and all that kind of stuff. We do all that stuff. But to be completely honest, as a business, if you can pay a little bit less, well, then why wouldn't you? But the reality of it is you, you want to be able to make it so you like your people have to be making great money. Your employees have to be doing well. They have to be happy, safe, et cetera, feel all of that. Well, they can't do that if they don't have a retirement fund building up. Mm-hmm. They can't do that if they don't have benefits so their kids can get braces, Right. So if you provide all of that, you can do that. Or, then, vi- or veneers. Yeah. <laughs> hold off on the veneers. We don't have that in our plan. <laughs> but you get my point, right? It's, they need it it's for like Instagram, man. If you want, if you want people to, um, to work for you and do well in all the rest, pay them well. So the problem we have, of course, is that in our industry that's not unionized, you've got folks trying to get away with whatever they can get away with, where the union says, nah. uh and the union shop, everybody makes the same amount of money, depending on where you're packing order and everybody, right? It's set. But in our industry, you've got people trying to pay less and this, that, and the other, and it's all over the place. Really, what should be happening, we'll take concrete forming as an example. Everybody, whether you're unionized or not, should be getting the full ride as they do in the union. 100%, yeah. And yes, would that mean that on the residential side, the rates would come up? Well, okay, good, because maybe then there's going to be come more money for what? safety and for this right. and for that. Exactly. Like, right? for, like come up from what? I don't I'd say like, I don't apples and apples, man. Like well, who are you comparing it to? The, the guys that are coming along and doing a shit job and then they, they, they do a nightmare job. Like, sure, they were 50% cheaper than you. There was a reason why they were 50% cheaper. Totally. I was bringing up the whole retirement thing because I was just thinking that 20-year-old kid just getting started, they didn't spend 100 grand on education yeah. for oh, a career yeah. that they necessarily didn't want in their to begin with. Maybe their family wanted it. Yeah. But you're coming into a construction industry, a trade, and you're hungry and you're passionate about it. And now you're 20 years old and you can go 30 years. And if you've got some smart financial planning oh, and man, you're building you properly, so well. yeah. it's not unheard of of kids in their early 30s actually having enough money to buy a house in today's economic time. Totally. Yeah. That's not unheard of. 100%. So it's just like being smart. And then at 50, you're vibrant, you're healthy. Like 50 is like, young. like George, 50 is young, man. Like it's young yeah. in my opinion. If, right? if you play your cards even reasonably well and you're not a moron, you can be doing unbelievably well. Yeah. That's the thing. You can be doing unbelievably well because that head start you have, as long as you're not blowing all your money partying and on ridiculous cars and stuff, if, if you do veneers. something even in veneers, <laughs> if you do something even remotely, you know, good with your money, you're, you're going to be good. You're going to do really well. And really, you don't really well. need that expensive pickup truck. 
Oh, don't even get Honda Civic is perfectly man. fine from the 90s. Ryan is going to be like, saying? hey, everybody should have a platinum. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's not even that. It, it, it's located in southwestern Ontario. Isometrics Building Products provides quality insulated concrete forming products and support to customers across Ontario as well as internationally. With over 20 years of experience in the ICF industry, Isometrics Building Products has been a leading supplier of ICF and a company products to Ontario's construction industry. Specializing in Amphic ICF products as well as Insodec, Fab Forms, Fast Foot Products, MST's Fiberglass Rebar, Bracing Rental, and so much more. Isometrics provides unparalleled customer service as well as fast and reliable tech support for any job. Distributing out of Kitchener with their own fleet of trucks means faster around and versatile delivery to virtually any job site. As one of the leading ICF distributors in Ontario, Isometrics can work alongside you all the way, whether the job be residential, commercial, or institutional. Check out Isometrics with two X's at isometrics.ca and on IG at isometricsicf and also get in touch with them at isometrics.office at gmail.com. You make your bed, right? Yes. So you, you want to sacrifice now, you win later. Right. You know, there's I, I can't say that I was smart all the way through. No, but none of us were. In those beginning times, I mean, those memories, I take, like, if I'm going to tell a story, it's going to be from the times I wasn't really being that smart. <laughs> but at the same time, they're memories you carry for life, right? Yes. Yeah. They're things you do. So I, I, I think that there's a small part of your 20s there that it, it's not the end of the world. You go a little bit off the rails yeah, but totally it's about how you bring it back and yeah, like right. you say yes educating yourself there's so many ways to educate yourself now you just educate yourself this is what i want to do you could literally be like i want to retire at this age with this much money a month and the backwards math tells you this is what i got to do you might not like it but again you make your bed but you will love it you will love it oh, you'll so love it when you like you say you're a little worn out the body's beat up you don't want to go to work seven days a week it's uh that's when it pays dividends, right? Yeah. And we're really fortunate in Canada because we've got, you know, healthcare and blah, 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 blah. We have family in the U.S. and we know people in the States that it's like, you're still working. They've got great jobs. And it's like, they're still working. Because they've done the numbers. Well, the numbers are that they have to keep working because they need the healthcare. We're fortunately, <sighs> scary. For, them, it's, for them, it's a lot more difficult depending on where you live in the world. For us as Canadians, there are certain things that you can look at and go very high probability that these things are still going to be here. You still assume that they're not, but, you know, hedge your bets properly. But some easy, quick math, a little reverse engineering. And if you don't know how to do it, spend a little money, actually, and hire a financial planner or something in a very speak short period people. of time. Yeah, speak to people. You'll know yeah. exactly what to do. Or, you know, it doesn't take much. Put away a little bit of money each week. And, oh, my God, after 15 years, it's like, how much does in the bank? Yeah. How much do I have invested? Holy shit. Mind-blowing, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, huge. Plenty well, of money. You think about years. it. What's your average trade life, you know, with the union? 30 years? I would 30, say 30 years. Yeah. Between yeah, 30, 30 to 35 before you years. you tap and out, yeah. Yeah, but that means with a little bit of management, in 30 years, you can build yourself a retirement, right? Like, it's not, it's not out of reach, I guess. It's not at all. It's not at all. So, back to ICF and training, what should be... It's like, I know that we joked about one or two days or whatever, but what should it be? Outside of the five years and get shadowing and learning and everything like that. But if someone wants to get some knowledge to get started, what should it be? Like, should it be more extensive? Should it be like... I, I, it, it's a hands-on thing. Yeah. I would agree 100%. Yeah. yeah. 
So just get the hands-on on a site. That's more you valuable. You need to get a job. And if they want to give you a laminated card, then that's great, but that doesn't have any it, value, it doesn't right? No really value. Okay. Yeah. That's what it is, right? But everyone, like, there's a lot of manufacturers that are just offering this one or two-day thing, right? And I don't know if that's considered to be, like, a course. I mean, you could speak it's, to that. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's just like a beginning, hey, here's, like, a little intro to the ICF world. It, it's not saying, like, oh, here's your card. You're an installer now. It's uh, like you still need your hands on. It's yeah. It's just a little taste of what it's like to me. A a homeowner shows up to take the course. I feel like whoever's teaching the course, their job should be. It's like, who here's a homeowner? Get out. No, not, not, (laughs) not get out. It's like you four people. I, my job right now is to scare the shit out of you for the next two days. I am going to terrify you with the realities of what could go wrong. So you can really have a good, Long conversation with your spouse if this makes sense or not. You know what? Do the trim. Hang some doors. Go fake that. Do not do your foundation. Yeah. Dear we'll God. I, I like the guys who argue with you when you're trying to give them some advice and they're arguing it with you and they've never done it. The homeowner? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It's horrible. Because they Googled it. Yeah. It, it's just, oh, it's They're horrible. experts, right? They're Is there like an ICF page on Pinterest? There's got to be. I certainly hope not. Please tell me there isn't. Oh, yeah. Is there one? Somebody look it up because I'm not going to look it up. Yeah. It's not not (laughs) one of those things. I I really feel the part that people miss is that it's not that the ICF block is difficult to put together. No. It's not difficult to brace. Like if somebody had, if you had a detailed roadmap of like, don't fuck up any of the following. Do exactly as this states. Okay. Here you go. Here's the roadmap. The thing that you cannot put down on paper or teach is what happens when that concrete starts flowing. Yep. That one, that's the wild card. Yep. And there's no way you can teach that. That's like, got to do it. That's like lava. Eh? Very similar to lava. Very similar. Yeah. Well, it's not hot though. <laughs> not at first. <laughs> no, in the yeah. winter months, it has some steam. Yeah. There's a yeah, little bit that's of That's like yeah. great then. I'm just saying there's a certain special skills skilled tradesperson that can handle that that uh that pressure there's that tension that stress on a pour it's savage it is it really is it's you but it's you, also you, satisfying when well, it goes it's, well it's an addiction oh, yeah. right? it's an addiction it's, it's, oh people that is like it pouring ever? concrete they <laughs> just want to <laughs> see what i mean yeah, yeah. is it ever yeah. when the pump shows up and that first truck rolls that in diesel and smell the concrete smell that's in the air and they've yes. just primed and he brings a yeah, hose up like, to you and you're like shitting your pants like Fuck did I do every single well, thing? Yeah, I you're could. replaying every step of yeah. the construction process. Like, okay, we got that. We got yeah. Okay, you can we're make good. Diamonds with the sphincters that are all tight on that job and, site, and just then, waiting for stuff to happen. And man. then the first drop comes. <laughs> Plop. What's yeah, better, like, the first drop or the last drop? <laughs> the last one. Yeah, because you're like that better. first one. It's like, oh fuck, is it gonna blow apart right here? Then it's like, okay, well we're going. Yeah. Okay, well we're. Oh, fuck, we're over eight feet up. We better move. Then keep going and just wrap it around. And by the time you got that first truck done, it's like you're fucking just, it like rails of cocaine. And you're like, woo! Let's go! <laughs> it is. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. You just can't. Well, you know, from the movies. Right? Yeah, from the movies, that's right. <laughs> but, you know, it's just like it's a it's it's a rush it's a rush but i mean we actually haven't i know we skirted it how do you guys handle that blowout like shut her down it's happened yeah 
Shut I mean, the pump. so what's the procedure? Like, you got a crew, you got guys on the site. Like, what's happening? Like, what do you guys do? Depends on the blowout. Okay. Yeah. 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 Depends on the. I mean, we've had very few incidents, but we overkill the shit out of everything. But yeah. even when you do that, it's just easy for one person to miss, like a piece of plywood somewhere or yeah. one brace somewhere. It just takes yeah. one spot. That's that's the part that is most terrifying. When it's go time, it's like you just hope to God you caught everything, right? And uh, and if you didn't, you're not going to find out until potentially it's too late. So depending on what comes undone, you know, it's it's depending on how you're going to have to react to it. And it's very different from ICF versus traditional. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. traditional. Matters. I feel like you got. I don't know. I want to say you got more of a chance to recover, but I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I feel depending like it depends on, on, on how, how, how much you pour. Depends on how Sorry? much you poured, what the length of wall is. Well, this is the whole much, thing, right? The fact that we can open out. up forms and, and get concrete out yeah. and then close them back up versus, like, I don't know, would you cut out the ice? But then all the ribs, it's like, you know, you, you've got to get the concrete out to be able like to push Traditional the, would right. be easier to handle a fault. It's kind of or no. In my mind, I think that because that's what I know, right? And I'm sure you would argue the opposite. But I watched a 14 foot corner blow apart and fly into the neighbor's house, and the guys go over there, grab the brace, put the corner on it, bring it back over, strap back in, and fucking let it rip. Wow. Wow. Wasn't one of my jobs because I wouldn't have done that. But but again. Depends how high you are, right? Like uh, a lot of factors, and and how much is done, right? You, you get one near the beginning in a small section. You know, you got to weigh the pros and the cons. It's like it might just be beneficial to call it right here, or it's like, yeah. no, no, no. If I call it here, that means all of this is garbage, right? You could be almost full. You could be ready to go, and something lets go, right? So now everything's kind of drooped down to that spot where it lets go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Been there. Yeah, you can't leave that like that. Like, you can't yeah. just start pouring again the next day. You need to, in that moment, stop pouring, regroup, recover, fix, brace, and then continue to go, right? Yeah. And it's easy to say over a microphone, but... Yeah, again... About the worst, the worst part about doing concrete is the odds of a, yeah. a blowout or yeah. having to go through that, right? Yeah. yeah, again, why homeowners and other newbies should just stay the hell away because oh it's completely unforgiving. The cost of something detonating is unbelievable. And the safety. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And for the builder or homeowner who hires the the true, true newbie with zero experience, boy, are they taking a risk, right? And and does that newbie have the experience to recover when shit does detonate, assuming it detonates? So they actually have the experience to recover, right? There's, There's so many factors. But the bottom line is... Framing, nothing against carpenters, electricians, plumbers, but when shit blows up, it's actually pretty goddamn easy okay. to fix. Maybe Sparky's have something to say. You know, they make yeah. a mistake, well, it's uh, life-threatening. <laughs> but, but I'm just saying, like, you screw something up, it's like, oh, man, that piece of conduit shouldn't be there. Like, you have time to think about shit. You can yeah. stand there and bad things aren't necessarily happen. Yeah. Concrete, it's like it starts flowing. It's like, holy shit, all bets are off, man. There's, like, no stopping. No, yeah. but still, even, uh, like, you know, plumbers, right? Sprinkler fitter. It's like, yeah, we just pressurize the system, and then <laughs> until it's like... There's three floors foot and what are we going to, you know, everybody's got their spots where yeah, it's very like, true, very true. Don't yeah. mess with this one part of my job because yeah. it's, it can go terribly wrong real quick or yeah. it could just another day in paradise. Right. Yeah. But it's how you handle it. It's it. It's all in how you handle it. Well, stand in front of a finished foundation. that's all cleaned up and stuff. And then ask yourself the question, what if this was all fucked and we had to remove it? That's a good point. On our dime. And point. replace it. Now you didn't make any money. Well, that's you another statement. You, pretty, you probably lost your season. You yeah. probably yeah. lost yeah. your yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like you just, it's like you've just literally lost your entire season. Yeah. Imagine like flooding the penthouse of the Shangri-La. You know what I mean? Like again, everybody's got their parts that are, you can't, you can't screw up this one part. You have one job here. Yeah. And don't make a mistake at that time. Right. And, And I think it's, it's fair to say with almost every trade that there's, that's one thing that you do. And we just happen. That's like really the big thing that we do is pour concrete. Weeks of preparation go into three hours of work, right? Yeah. But you guys are second on site, so to speak. I guess technically first on site, but second on site of a, of a job. Well, demo excavation, sometimes shoring, and then we're in. Yeah, yeah. right. So, and then and then then the ball gets rolling, right? So I go back to how important the foundation is. You've got second floor, third floor, whatever. You got everything connected. You got all mechanicals connected. You got structure connected. Based on that, if that's not done properly, and if it's done by yeah. newbies. Yeah. Getting getting out of the ground clean, quick, all that fun stuff. It's the biggest hurdle. It's the biggest first hurdle. Yeah. Once you get out of the ground, everything's waterproof, backfilled, etc. Past life just becomes a lot easier. Yeah. If you're the builder, we're getting close to wrapping it up, gentlemen. I just want to ask you guys: Would you choose another trade than the trade that you're doing? Would I like to try another? No, trade? no. Would you choose it? Looking back on it, mm. would you choose another trade, or do you still have that much love for this concrete? You wouldn't choose no. another trade? No. 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 George, would you choose another I trade? I mean, I started off carpentry and then managed and blah, blah, blah. Kind of rolled into that right away at a very young age. But I have to say something that I do enjoy. This would be a shout out to my plumber, Ian, because I tell him all the time, man, I don't know why. You like plumbing? I love plumbing. I can't explain it. I really like, I like the methodical planning stuff out of how everything's going to be like, psh, 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 like, you know, an HVAC guy or a plumber who's really got it dialed in. Are you a PEX guy or are you a copper guy? Well, I used to be strictly a copper guy until the wall thickness in copper became basically the thickness <laughs> of a sheet of paper, at which point copper sucks balls. So unless you spend the money on the big thick stuff, forget it. So I'm a PEX guy now, right? Now there's areas where you got to use the copper period to do it right. But the point is, I kind of like the, the, the puzzle of making it beautiful, of doing it right, you know, that kind of thing. I enjoy putting that together. Um, and I think that's why if I, like, HVAC or plumbing, I feel like I could dig my teeth into that. Adam, Ryan? Yeah, I, I would stick with concrete, yeah. yeah. I traded it for uh, for doing this, but, yeah, still kind of in it, yeah. I can't, I can't pitch you any other trade. I don't know. I To me, it's the devil you do, you know, versus the devil you don't, right? Like... I have a lot of, all, all of my closest friends are in trades, whether they own companies and, and, it, and it's all different trades. And to hear the horror stories as they, you know, pop up, it's like, every oh yeah, that trade, really sucks. Every trade has every trade That's what I mean. I'm just like, that sucks. So it's like anything that I don't like about concrete right now, there's something equally as shit waiting for me in the next trade. So at the end of the day, it's, it, you got to take the good with the bad, the bad with the good. It, it's, I wouldn't go anywhere personally. I'm, I'm happy where I am. I think the big thing is, are you smiling every day? Like, do you get up and want to go and do about this? It and, and you want to go. You want to go and do it. Now, there's going to be days you're going to get up and it's like, I want to shoot myself in the face. It's two degrees out and pouring rain and this has to happen, right? Just has to. And you got to get out there and you got to do it. And every trades person knows what I'm talking about. There are times, as much as you love it, you just are like, man, I do not want to leave the house right now. Like, you just hate every bit of it. Sitting in the truck in the morning, it's like, okay. 
you going to do this? You're going to get out of the truck? Yeah, we're going to get <laughs> yeah, out of the truck tough. right now. You're by yourself in the truck, right? Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. That's a typical <laughs> day in the truck, right? Like, oh, man, I don't know. Yeah. I just want to clarify that. <laughs> but, but if you like if you like hard work and you like, you know, you like the thing that you're doing, like anything, every day is not going to be perfect, no. right? There's going to be days that are going to suck. But if overall it's like, yeah, I kind of dig this. This is my jam. That's a win. Is it harder for a newbie to get started in the winter months versus the summer months? Or does it matter? Far less glamorous in the yeah, winter yeah. months. In a room, yeah. It, mind it, you, mind you, you, I want you to step in on this too. It's it's not winter that's that bad. It's not summer that's that bad. It's mud season. Yeah. Spring. So in between, yeah, spring, yeah, spring and cold. winter. Spring is called mud season. Summer, it's a bitch in ICF. Oh, yeah. Hot, that inside that, of a that hot fucking box. hole at 65 degrees Just down there. That, and yeah. there's no fucking wind at all. You're in a yeah. cooler, huh? And yeah. the top's down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah! yeah. Just if, if they can make it through July and August, they're golden the rest of the year. Or if you have enough power on site, get those great big giant like big ass fans. I think they're called those huge fans. Park, oh come on! Park I'm not spoiling like, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on! I had to work in the gate to hell. So do they? There you go. <laughs> so true. Fair enough. Any other thoughts you guys want to share as we wrap it up? This has been an interesting conversation. I love this. Oh, yeah, this has fucking been, been great, right? It's always so nice to chat about stuff. You got talk about electricians business. and plumbers and trim guys just glazed over like deer in headlights right now over this whole conversation. They didn't know a single they didn't, thing that yeah, we're talking about. No, 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 they didn't hear a word. Just yeah. get the foundation done so we can get working, all right? That's yeah. all we care yeah. about. Yeah, bastard, where's that, where's that sleeve where I wanted to put in here? All I care about is where my where my pipes gonna go. That's all. I don't give a shit about foam. I don't give a shit about concrete. I don't give a shit about any (laughs) of that. Yeah, (laughs) you will once you start building the house. Yeah. So no, it's been good, guys. Thanks so much. So basically, what we learned was, no new kids deserve trucks, and and veneers. So they don't deserve either one. Unless you give them a Ram truck, because I just just generally (laughs) hate Ram trucks. So like anybody can have a Ram truck. A TRX. Yeah. Even a TRX. I don't know. It's Ram. Yeah. So they catch on fire a lot. Sorry, Ram. Do they really? Apparently. I know a couple people who have lost there's nobody, their trucks catching wait, there's on no fire. Ra- there's no Rams here. Oh, wait. Adam. Oh, no, I don't Rams like it, though. Okay. I'm a GM guy. I just, it was a cheap yeah. truck I didn't care to dig. Nah, I, should, I should, you know what? They're, wait, they're wait, 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 wait. I remember Marco's a yes. Rams. Do you don't remember the beating we I gave know. him on that podcast? Marco's yeah, a Rams. guy, man. He's like... Beat Marco. His ears are perking up right now when yeah. he hears this. That was yeah. unmerciful <laughs> the whole time, actually. <laughs> they just destroyed it just because he was, he's the only Ram guy in the crew? No, there's two. There's well, two, two guys. No. It's there? changed quite a bit over, like, the last couple of years. Yeah, all of a sudden, I guess Ram's giving out good deals. <laughs> <laughs> They're paying people to take their trucks, so, you know, there's more of them out there. <laughs> Man, i got to wait, like, a year to get my Ford, but, you know. I can get a Ram, Ram right now. Ram a lot. I can pick it up tomorrow. I like, wonder why mm, that is. Does that yeah. tell you something? Yeah. Hey, all the trades are booked for like four months, five months. But this guy's ready to go tomorrow. Might as well take that one. Hire that guy. Good yeah. analogy. That's and a very good he's analogy. he's driving a Ram. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we talked a lot about it. Thank you so much, Adam. This, yeah. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, George. Our thank pleasure. you, Adrian. No, this has been absolutely great. I think that uh, the kids, the listeners out there appreciate this conversation, man. This is all good stuff, man. So Trades are awesome. Pick one in that you yeah. like and get into it. They're and fantastic. find, find the right crew to work for, too. You may not find the right crew the first time out. Right. Yeah. But then definitely, you know, ask as many, not too many, but ask as many questions as you possibly can and learn. Yeah. Always it's learn. Large. Always keep your eyes open. I, I, I need to throw something in, though, on sure. that one. When you're young and you start out, you don't truly have an appreciation for how good 
that crew or that company was at the beginning because you don't need to compare it to. It's true. It's usually down the road that you go, man, was I lucky. I feel mm-hmm. that way. I hated all the old guys I worked with, man. Yeah. I yeah. was like fucking Tony and Manuel and shit throwing stuff at me all the time. I was like, my God, I'm running everywhere. I can't make anybody happy, right? But it wasn't long after I looked back and I went, that was the best goddamn education yes. I could have got. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't appreciate it at the time. So I guess the lesson here is when you get into the trades, people are going to be hard on you. You're going to have to work hard. You will not necessarily appreciate it in the first five years, but for the rest of your career, you will. Yeah. You got to pay your dues and you will appreciate the people who may, like work you and teach you. You'll appreciate them. You'll forget about really a lot will. of the stuff that you experience that you won't remember until later on. 100%. Yeah. 100%. That's just construction. That's just how it is, man. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. It's life. You don't appreciate it till it's gone, right? So if you can if you can get through it down the road, it'll be a big win for you. So gentlemen, just give up your deets again. Let everybody know who we're talking about. With uh, Adrian, CRC Contracting. Uh, Instagram is c.r.c underscore contracting. What's the new name of the company? Have you figured it out yet? Uh, yet? Northern Diamond Development and Construction. DGR, DGR? DGR, DGR Concrete Farming. Just jam it and Google it. It'll all pop up. Is uh, DGR lifting? No, what was the other one that you had? Or is that done? Uh, which one? You had another page as well, too. The lifting? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much done. Is it done? Yeah. yeah I would we, say well, it's, we, done. it's not gone. You don't feed it. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I mean, how many platforms are going to say the same thing? I mean, I one know. of the things yeah. that we did, which, thank God we did it, it was a smart move, is we, again, we analyze the shit out of everything all the time, because you, you can't make changes. If you're not constantly measuring how you're doing, then you can't make decisions. And um, we figured out afterwards, like, you know what? That doesn't make money for all the grief. Gone. We're not doing that anymore. We don't need that piece of equipment. Out. Right? So there's a bunch of stuff that we were doing. We had a roll-off business. It's like, you know what? For all the risk and everything that's going on, this doesn't actually make any sense. So we picked the thing that we were unbelievably and exceptionally good at and the most experienced at, and which is concrete forming. And we took everything else and went, Shh, and we slid it aside, and we just focused on that. How so often do you guys make that assessment? Like as a Every monthly? day. Every day. Every day. Always measuring, always analyzing, mm-hmm. always thinking. It's why I don't sleep. <laughs> but again, this is part of, you know, we're, we're kind of lucky and we have a bunch of people in the biz. We managed to cobble it together so that, I mean, the stuff that these guys are doing in the field is just absolutely incredible. And some of the stuff that I'm doing is absolutely incredible. But the bottom line is we all get to focus on like a thing, our swim lane. And that gives us the ability to do that. If I had to do one-tenth the shit Adrian's doing, there's no way I could be thinking about what's going on oh, three years can. from now. You, like, yeah. you guys yeah, are right? playing chess, man. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really tough. It's hard. 16 hours a day, right? That's to get insane. it done, to get it done, 16 hours a day. But it's what makes him spin, and he loves it, which is great. We just operate a little bit differently, that's all. We're, we don't operate better. We just operate differently. That's an important you just, thing. Well, every construction business is unique, so you just got to figure out your strengths and weaknesses. That's it. And, exactly. that, that, and that's what we did. It's that's the truth. That's the reality. You got to yeah. look at yourself in the, in, the, in the convenience store mirror that you got in your excavator there. You got to look at yourself and just figure yeah. it out, right? That's all yeah. it is, man. We stay, we stay focused on like ICF doing stuff that's kind of semi-quasi-insane in traditional forming. It's like our, that's our gig. Adam? They're deets. The teeth. <laughs> yeah, so Adam. Uh, Isometrics. Isometrics, uh, building products, yeah. So uh, anything ICF, uh, floor systems, roof systems, uh, walls. Um, high rise. We didn't even get into any racing. of that stuff, man. What's, uh, oh, what's oh, the man. highest? Oh, that's a whole. That's a whole that's other a whole world. Other piece, yeah. <laughs> really? Well, if, if you want it, this is interesting, actually. Like low rise buildings that are being built for rentals. 
you know ICF works because what are a lot of them being built exactly. out of? Exactly. ICF. Yeah. Because the people who own the buildings have done the math and go, I would yes. be out of my goddamn mind to build this traditionally. ICF is so much more efficient. I am building this entire damn thing, all eight floors of it in ICF, all the way up mm -hmm. because it pays. That's right. They do the math. Their I'm, accountants do the math. I'm sorry to say, I was actually scared a few years ago when I started talking about OBC introduced up to six stories in wood framing. Yeah. I seen a building go up like that. It was scary watching them build it. It was yeah. scary yeah. walking around it. Yeah. I yeah. did not have a sense of security. And I and this was approved to OBC. Yeah. Me meanwhile, what's kind of what's kind of cool about about wood, it just behaves so much differently than steel. So like mass timber structures, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Now, I think a lot of it's kind of gone out the window because it's so expensive it's to so build expensive that way now, now yeah. that nobody can afford to do it. So the only time that's ever happening is if the government hires, you know, an architect to do a mass timber, but you know, it's a commission and it's a special building in a park or whatever. Yeah. Otherwise it's like, I don't know how anybody can afford to build mass timber yeah. with the current cost of wood. So residential, commercial, institutional, high rise, all kinds of stuff, systems. Yeah. Oh yeah. And again, the important yeah. thing is if you look at the people that are doing a long math, what are they choosing? Right. Yeah. They're Makes choosing ICF. Sense. So why so not pay attention to that? Sure. Right. Right. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's like, it's all right in it's front. It's right of you. there. Yeah, it's right there. Like someone's already figured it out. You don't have to even do the math. It's like okay, if they're doing that, commercially, guys putting up an entire building, spending twenty-five million dollars or whatever to put this thing up, and deciding on ICF. It's funny how homeowners will go into the commercial yeah. building and just that's the environment that they're so used to. It's quiet. It's structurally sound. Everything's safe. And we're trying to implement those details into residential. And they're dismissing us from doing those details because they're thinking they're too expensive or they're not right for their house. Expense. But yeah. yet they spent yeah. more time in that office building working for somebody and yeah. in that environment, but they don't want it for their home environment. Yeah. It's a disconnect there for homeowners, right? So Build a, build a place up to the roof like well in ICF and yeah. you're pretty much going to heat it and cool it with the equivalent of like a few ice cubes Next and literally a kettle. So like it's crazy. Kind of a neat story. So the last house I built actually was my parents, 3,200 square foot bungalow. And it was, uh, started it in the fall, had it all closed in for winter. And I actually heated it with two space heaters, one in the basement, one on the main. It was 22 degrees. Like Unreal. in the house. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal. Through winter. Yeah. I, I have a shop that's about 2,000 square feet up north. There's no windows in it, mind you. Um, I keep that thing sitting at around 16, 17 degrees all winter long. And it's got like 17 foot ceilings, et cetera, et cetera. And all I use is, you know, those little tiny ceramic heaters, little guys you buy for 30 bucks. I literally, and I have radiant floor heating in the floor. I don't even use it. I park the heater in the middle of the floor and I plug it in and I walk away. And it's a flip side too, when it comes to the summer months. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah 100%. It's great. It's great. And then what I do in the winter is I preheat the floor and I start keeping everything closed up. I kind of preheat the floor, like on sunny days in the fall. I kind of pick a day that's nice and warm. Leave the doors open. Heats the floor up. I close everything up. I'm done. And the eating season is starting. It just retains it like a battery. It just retains, man. Yeah. I love it. That's yeah. why. And the power goes out. If you lose your heating and everything goes to hell in a handbag, guess what happens? All of that energy, all that heat of everything is all stored inside the thermal That's mass right. of that building. It'll last And it holds days. it. Yeah. Days and days, days and days. And hold it. Everybody's freaking out and their pipes are exploding and you're still sitting around, you know, going, hey man, life's good in your underwear. And everybody else is just losing their minds. Yeah. Honestly. I got an image now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honestly. It's like a real thing. Well, he showed up in shorts to begin with, yeah, today, right? Yeah. So it's like, 
and yeah. he's ending it in his underwear. Yeah. <laughs> your house, Where'd you find this guy, Manny? <laughs> your, your house becomes a storage vessel. Your structure no, is, to, is a battery. Right? Exactly. It becomes a battery. It's fantastic. Pe- people, homeowners need to listen to boots on the ground. Yeah. They're yeah. not trying to sell you something. They're trying to educate. Yep. Is it more important that the homeowners listen or, you know, designers, architects, this, that, you know, like I feel like they're part they of kind of got their ways of doing things. And that's, again, we build what they design, right? When's, like, la- when's the last time you saw ICF featured in any kind of home and very mag- good point. magazine, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, gen- generally speaking, the page. <laughs> I mean, generally speaking, when you see concrete kind of shown off, it's because the home is a modern home or whatever, and there's architectural. like fireplace, architectural concrete and stuff, and exposed walls and stuff everywhere. Where ICF is just a utilitarian, like keep it warm, do a job. It's got a job to do. It's not there to look pretty, right? But you don't see it when it's mm-hmm. all said and done. It just all vanishes. You don't see any of it, right? In my first year of construction, I had this crazy idea where I wanted to build two houses side by side. One was OBC. Bare minimum. Yeah. Second one, properly built. And I want to show the difference without it case physically study. looking yeah, case different. Case study. Bring in freaking engineer. Bring in and a- you would easily present yeah. facts. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. you would present, this is the much better way to build. Yeah. And you would build it this way for reasons. And, and actually, on that, on that point, um, I wish I could remember exactly. Um, anyway, the government of Canada does a fantastic job of actually, it can be like heat pumps, like all kinds of stuff. We, I, mean, I, I don't know, maybe the U.S. does this, maybe they do this in Europe, but you can find all this information kind of online if you do digging. They're constantly testing, like scientifically, your tax dollars yeah. being spent to test the crap and comparisons. It's all there. You can choose to build better. Yeah. Right? OBC is just the minimum standard to kind of get by, right? Yeah. But it's, you can and it's build also not, better, and the data but, is right there. But like build, for free. building better is not sexy for everybody. Building better yeah. is for a large portion of the trades community, Yeah, but it's not, it's not for the homeowners. Well, it comes down to Mr. and Mrs. Smith, or whatever you want to call them. Oh, the environment, this, that, and the other. They've got two giant SUVs outside. Yeah. I they don't, live in 9,000 square feet, about the and the energy efficient I is terrible. I care about my utility bills. Right. I yeah. like seeing double-digit utility bills, yeah. low double-digit utility yeah. bills. That's what I like seeing. Yeah. If you want to help the environment, you can do it in ways that right now no one's paying any attention to whatsoever. If the fact you can build a house that lasts 400 years instead of 50 yeah. years, yeah. wow. That's huge. Wow. Nobody, but, but all these, thinking but about all these that. new homes that are being built right now, subdivision-wise, just a traditional way, bare minimum building code, they're barely going to get 50 years, man, before yeah. they get knocked down. Well, they, they literally get just very quickly replaced. I mean, the roof's done in under 10. The yeah. mechanical systems are done in under That's 10. Scary, yep. yeah. Like, everything scary. is big. The appliances that they go three years, the miracle of God, like, I could just go on and on. Yeah. Right. I can't oh. believe appliances. I just bought a dishwasher. It's like, <laughs> well, you can buy this one. You can expect like five years, but if you buy the good one, you know, seven, eight years. It's like what? Yeah. Or you could just I'm wash, sure my- wash your dishes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You want to get good money for stuff on Kijiji, man? Old appliances. People who are selling. I got an 18 year old Frigidaire. Yeah. Man, I'll give you 400 bucks. Is it for that. green? I want stop. it to be green. Yeah, it has to be green. green. They yeah. last forever. Yeah. We we have a refrigerator in our shop that came out of my mother in law's house. Which has to be, it's a little, it's an old side by side. I think it probably came from Sears or something. I think the thing is probably 40 years old. Just sits there. And it's still working. Perfectly. Yeah. And it will continue to work. I bet it's there for another And when it needs to be repaired, you go to reliable parts and you get the one part for $10 and you replace it and it continues to work. And new stuff, you can't do it. 
Gentlemen, thank you so much, man. It's an absolute pleasure. Emails to get Thanks, a hold man. of people, or you guys want to share? Phone numbers, deets, whatever? Just Google DGR. us. Just, Just Google, Google it. That's it. Just Google it. DM me. DM you on, yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. And then also to get a hold of you is triple W uh, isometrics with two X's dot CA. You got it. That's yep. it. Any questions, any whatever comments, or they want to try it out and they want to, you'll turn them away if they're a brand new kid. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, every time. <laughs> <laughs> Or you'll send no. them to these guys. Yeah, go <laughs> hang out with these guys for a week, and then come back to me and tell me you still love and you want to do this, and then yeah, let's talk from there. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, that actually I might do that. Well, thank Just you, Manny. No, thank you, guys. Absolute pleasure, Ryan. Yeah, Great you. to see you again. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Adam. Really appreciate it, man. And thanks, George. Always a pleasure to see you, man. And I, I'm glad that you're still driving around the the Sprinter van before you bought it uh, before the craziness, and you're probably looking at it going, hmm. I'm keeping it forever, man. Forever. I, I think I'm going to be buried in it. Forever and ever and I, ever, I, I man. Love my, I love my sprinters. <laughs> four by four as well. First year of four by four. Uh, was it the first year? No, probably year two or the three. The second generation? Okay, yeah. Year two or year three, it I think. It still looks like it's brand new, eh? It's been great. It's been good, man. 250,000 kilometers in the damn Whoa. thing. Just keeps going and going. Like it won't die. Wow. Yeah. I haven't had any decent repairs to it have to do it at all outside of just like horn brakes or whatever. And new rubber, and that's it. That's it. Just keeps going. Thanks, I'm just going to keep on driving it. Ryan's and like, I would never drive a Sprinter. <laughs> What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> hey, listen, I have not. They're very good utility vehicles for certain yeah. things. Can't get any chicks, huh? I've, that's a long time ago. I, I, I can't even. I, I wear blinders when I walk down the street. Yeah. <laughs> Adrian, thank you so much, man, for being back on the show. Thank, thank you so much, man. Me. This has been a great show. Honestly, guys, thank you very much, man. Thank, thank you. you. I think that's it, Angelie. We're out of here. <laughs>